Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, May 18th. I almost said February for some reason. I have no idea why. It's May 18th. We are here live. We've got a big show lined up for you today. It's not a free-for-all today. We've got some themes. We've got some guests. We've got some things going on today I'm excited about. Right off the bat here, I'm going to be bringing in David Owen from Nastic. Sure, we're going to have an interesting conversation. In the second hour, I'll be joined by Jamie Hagan. We're going to do a roundup of what's going on in Twitter around trucking these days. So we've got a lot going on. We are going to open up the phone lines throughout the whole show so you can jump in and join us in the conversation as well. So line them up. They're open right now. 855-950-3833. So I want to welcome in David Owen. He's the president and co-founder of NASTIC, the National Association of Small Trucking Companies. Mr. Owen, welcome. uh, Hello, Kevin. Uh, Thanks for having me on. This is a a real treat for me. Uh, We've kind of known each other, but stayed in our collective lanes for about 35 years. I, guess. <laughs> I know. I know. We, we've had a couple of conversations here and there. We, uh, I tried to come to your conference one year. We talked about having, you know, a combined conference because we were doing a big five day event. Just never kind of worked out. You're right. We kind of stayed in our own lanes. I've been looking forward to this day for a long time, having you on my show. Well, I'm 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 thrilled and excited too, and I'm excited about uh, uh, us moving over into the media and, and and getting to know each other a lot better. Because I, I, as we've grown, we've grown uh, into uh, smaller fleets uh, and uh, owner operators, and uh, that's kind of your your bailiwick and. Uh, uh, I think we can do some mutual stuff together that will be benefit uh, owner operators and small companies. I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. And coincidentally, uh, two days ago was our 34th uh, anniversary. We just completed our 34th year as the National Association of Small Trucking Companies. I'm real proud of that. Uh, That's something to be proud of. Congratulations. And, you know, let's stay on that topic right there. Um, I want you to give us the the background, the history, all about Nastic and what it's where it's been and what it does now. And and I, before you do that, though, I want to tell people why I support Nastic so strongly and why I just send people there every chance I get. Um, I, I'm a big believer in in professional business associations. I belong to several of them because even though everything I do is directed at trucking, I've, you know, gained a lot of knowledge in other areas so I can help my clients. I do a lot. Uh, I was a certified financial planner, a tax preparer. So I belonged to a couple different associations in financial planning and tax. Uh, I got into health big and went back to school and became a nutritional therapy practitioner. I belong to associations in natural health care. I belong to those groups for one reason, education. I want knowledge, and that's where I find the best education is at those associations. I get best practices, really practical, everyday knowledge on how to do my job better, how to run my business better in those areas. And I've from day one, 
I have I searched for the association for owner operators or small fleets that would do that. They didn't exist. I've been through dozens of them. Most of them failed. I mean, how many of these things have you seen pop up in the last couple of decades that don't make it but a couple of years, if that? Well, that's one reason why we've never uh, we've welcomed uh, people with, to come in and, and give us somebody to compete against. Yeah, right. But the truth of the matter is what we... What we've accomplished is extremely hard, it, and uh, you've got to get the critical mass. You've got to get a lot of people uh, of, that are – we're uh, small trucking is, is so fragmented, and everybody does the same thing, but everybody does it a little differently, and there, there's so many invariables involved. So uh, we, uh, we're, real, we're real – we've been extremely fortunate. We've managed to uh, – make the right moves when, you know, when Yogi Berra says, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. You know? <laughs> <That's> well, <right. laughs> we've, we've, we've taken the, uh, the path less traveled a lot, but we've, you know, we've made mistakes over the years, but, uh, we haven't made any critical mistakes and have, have been able to, uh, survive some challenges from primarily large trucking and, uh, other associations. Uh, you said something there that brought to mind an old quote that I used to hear a lot. Um, he who he who dares to teach must never cease to learn, and that uh, you talking about constantly being a uh, sponge for information and trying to stay up to date on all the things trucking. I'll tell you, um, I feel very, very, very fortunate to have been brought into the trucking industry for no other reason that it's never boring. It's We've always got something to talk about. When we talked about this program or us having a conversation, I told you, you know, we we didn't talk for 35 years and then we talked for an hour and a half the other day. <laughs> uh, man, I, and we still, we still didn't say everything we needed to. I, I think it was two and a half. I, I got like 8,000 oh. steps during that time because I walk the whole time I talk on the phone. So, yeah, it was a I, I said at the end I should have recorded it and we could have made a great show out of it, except, you know, we talked. Oh, it would have it would have. It, it would have been good, but we, you know, we, I think we can, uh, we, we can almost recreate that all the time. And it's such a, I mean, things are just so upside down today. There's, there's a million things to talk about and a million things to learn. So, uh, I'm a sponge. I read all the time and, uh, still do it the old fashioned way. I'm, uh, I don't know whether you know much about me or not, but I'm the last guy in the world that doesn't have a cell phone. You, you um, told me that the other day. I, you know what? I, I, it's weird because in the last 35 years, you did all this without the technology. And I was the opposite. I was like a technology sponge early on. People don't realize this. I was on the internet, on social media. It was still the 80s, the late 80s. Nobody had even heard of the internet yet. AOL wasn't around yet. You were pioneer. Yeah, there were... There were bulletin boards back then that you dialed in with these crazy slow modems and it was all command line stuff. And but so I've been technology has been a big part of everything that I've done. You haven't used any and we came to the same place and accomplished a lot of the same things. 
Well, I want to correct you a little bit there. Uh, we could not have accomplished what we've accomplished without technology. Yeah. Uh, we we use technology. Oh yeah, not uh, you. Matter of fact, <laughs> I, I, I hire real smart young people who are very tech savvy, and uh, and I actually uh, am the principal in a software development company, and I don't use a computer. So that's I'm hilarious. The, I'm the <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the guy that is in charge of figuring out how to do it manually when something goes wrong to the system or the computer or the software. I still do most everything manually. I get. I have an email address and I get my emails. Uh, my actually, I misspoke. My secretary gets my emails and she prints them off and I, I pretend I, like they're a fact. I was just gonna ask if you have somebody get them and print them off for you. <laughs> I do uh, exactly. I, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, and if that, I want to respond, if I want to respond, I write my response on the back on the uh, below the desk, <laughs> and I give it back to my secretary. <laughs> respond. I love it. Oh, uh, you know. So back to the education thing. Uh, you know, when I and and I remember the first time somebody called me. I heard about Nastic from one of my callers. It was a long time ago. But I remember they called me about the fuel card because fuel was such a big thing for me. I've been teaching fuel mileage and we have an app that we wrote that tracks fuel mileage. We have 100,000 plus trucks on it. We have about 5 million fuel tickets in that system. Pretty incredible data in there. One of these days I'm going to figure out how to really, really leverage all that data. Um, so It's amazing. It's amazing that we... We have uh, on in our program last month, and this is a typical month. Uh, we had uh, four hundred and I think fifty-two thousand fuel transactions on our program. So four hundred fifty-two thousand. That's just that averaged one hundred five gallons. That just gave me an idea. We we're going to have to talk about this. I've got to think it through. I get all kinds of crazy ideas on the air and. Sometimes I spout them off, and then the next day I think, what the hell was I thinking? Well, let's, uh, let's, let's be careful about that. We're, we're preaching to the choir now, and we're, I think we can say damn near anything we want to. But, uh, yeah, so, you know as well as I do that, that that sometimes gets both of us in trouble. I know. It gets me in trouble all the time. My team hates it. I come up with ideas on the air, and I talk about them as though they're already a real thing. And then our customer service gets calls about this, and they're like, what? We've never heard of that. So I, I do I've, have... got my, I've, got my, I've got my family uh, well entrenched in NASTIC. My son, my youngest son is my VP of sales, and my oldest daughter is my VP of operations and my son-in-law is my producer in our insurance agency. And, uh, I've, uh, my middle son is my <laughs> former hacker and supporter is my IT guy. So, I love that. and then I have, I have a nephew that's moving up in the marketing department. So, but I literally can hear eye rolls now <laughs> with the ideas that I <laughs> I'll bet. I, I come up with an idea, and all of a sudden, I hear this clicking noise all around the room. Yep. Yeah, I know. You want to do what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I, I thought about all those fuel transactions. Do you, when somebody runs the car, do they have to put in their odometer? Um, I don't know. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't. 
Okay. It's irregular now, but but I see where your mind's going uh, because uh, that would that would be we, a great aid in uh, in 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 figuring see, fuel tax and missing miles and and fuel mileage. What these guys just don't track. I mean, that's our, we give our software away. There is no charge for our software. We give it away free. We, the first year we had it out, we charged like 10 bucks a month for it just to try to recover all the money we invested into it. And we recovered, uh, we recovered enough that I said, look, we're giving this one away free. We charge for our accounting software, but the fuel mileage, it's a separate app. We give it away free. And, and I have a hundred thousand users. Why don't I have a, a million and a half? Why aren't all owner? It's so easy to track your fuel mileage with this thing. It gives you histories and 30 day averages and cost per mile and all kinds of great information. But I was thinking if if they were putting in the odometer, we could just feed it all back to them. They wouldn't even have to do anything. I mean, we could just run all the data through the app and feed it back to them. This is something that's, you know, I know you're the same way. That's how your mind works. Um, something you and I can explore later on. Um, again, the education. I got that first call because fuel cost, fuel mileage was a big thing. I push it constantly. These guys don't track it. They don't pay attention to it. They don't try to improve it. The average truck on the road today is getting 6.6 miles to the gallon. That is pathetic. I was beating that in the late 80s and I was killing it in the early 90s. And tomorrow is our big fuel mileage day. Fridays, we do efficiency and fuel mileage and technology around trucks. And I've got a couple co-hosts that join me. One of them um, works directly with Volvo on fuel mileage, has for years. He's part of Ploger Transportation, actually, family-run business. He's part of the family, but he also has his own authority and he has a company where he consults with uh, fleets and owner operators on fuel mileage. He is. I would be. I, that sounds familiar. I think he's a member of Nasty. I believe he probably is. Uh, Joel's smart enough that he would be. Uh, Joel runs a great operation and he's just so knowledgeable about specifically Volvo powertrains, drivelines, specs. Um, he's done incredible work with them over there. So 6.6 is the average. And when when we talk about fuel mileage here, we, we don't really cherry pick those certain trips where you were empty going from Denver to Kansas City all downhill with a tailwind. Uh, we don't do those because that, that's not... So we try to talk about 30-day averages. Um, so we know it's right. a consistent number across all different conditions and weights. Joel consistently breaks 10 miles to the gallon in his 30-day average, and I think he's broken 11 once or twice. Wow. on a, Incredible numbers. Um, and when you yep. start looking at the difference, the truck that gets 6.6, let's just say it's 7 instead— if he's getting 10 at today's fuel price, that's $30,000 a year. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's mind-boggling. You remind, that, that particular conversation reminds me of, I mean, I'm going back 30 years at least. Uh, it was before I had another field rep, I think. I was the only field rep for Nastic. And uh, I visited this guy up in uh, Indiana, Indiana, Ohio, 
and he was running about 30 trucks. And uh, at the time, tires, you could, you know, the average of life expectancy of a tread on a truck was, you know, 40, 50,000 miles, maybe. They were still bias ply then. And we, yeah, we were talking about that. And he, he said, uh, what do you think I get, uh, what do you think I get out of my tires? And I said, uh, 45, 50. I mean, that's, he said, what if I told you I get 110? I said, well, I've never heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he took me, he took me by the elbow and took me to his shop. And you could eat off the floor of his maintenance shop. I love that. And uh, and he uh, he he said every truck that I have on the road comes through here every Saturday, and we keep constant air pressure in our tires, and that's how we do it. It's that I believe simple. it. Simple. I believe it. We isn't we, that crazy? It, it is, but I believe it. Think we, of the, <laughs> The cost per mile on tires that he was running compared to everybody else. He just cut it in half. He just cut his cost on that that cost per mile on that tire in half. He pays the same thing for a tire everybody else does, but his cost per mile for that tire is half of what everybody else is. That's correct. So back to that cost per mile, because this is, again, I I don't want to forget this NASTIC call that I got. I'm huge on fuel economy. I'm saying, look, you got to get better fuel economy in your truck. What I wasn't saying at the time is you got to find a better way to buy fuel. I hadn't even thought of it. So I get this call and the guy's talking about Nastic and I don't even know what it is. And he he says, you got to see their fuel card. And he gave me one of his discounts. He had just fueled up and he he said, he, I don't remember what the number was, but I remember it was big enough. I almost called him a liar on the air because I don't let people, (laughs) I I will not let people come on this show and bullshit. I know enough of what's going on out there on the road. You can't tell me stories. And I won't let you tell anybody else's stories. I call people out constantly. I almost called him out on that. And I said, wait a minute. I don't know for a fact that he's he's wrong. So I better look into this. What shocked me, though, is I was fairly familiar with some of the big fleets, cards and discounts. You knocked it out of your out of the park with the fuel card. I mean, when I looked at that, I said, hey, wait a minute. These guys that are really killing it on fuel mileage, if we now get them this card and they get this discount, their fuel cost per mile is at the, it's just as low as you can get it. The, um, and now I would give all the credit um, to one of my longtime partners who passed away suddenly um, about 60 days ago. And that's Bob Kelso who helped us design our fuel program and Bob had worked, had bought fuel for Burlington and Trism and some of uh, several Ameritruck, several large carriers. He called himself a recovering accountant. Kind of reminded me a little of the, your brain, but he, uh, he, when I got together, he taught me about cost plus pricing and how the large guys, the big companies were doing that. And it was very impressive. We had a simple rebate program at the time, and we were probably putting four or five million gallons a month in that rebate program. And we brought out the band and, and sang Kumbaya every time we saved a guy half a penny. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, he talked to me, taught me about Cost Plus, and, and he told me two things. He said, David, I'll, I'll help you do this. 
and I can help you do this. I can help you design it. I can help you on the repricing software and all that stuff. And uh, but on two conditions. Number one, we're going to we're not going to be a typical aggregator uh, in that uh, you know what a, a consultant. The definition of a consultant is that's a guy that goes around behind you in your backyard and cuts a rose off your rose bush and then comes around to the front door and sells it back to you. I, hey, hold uh, on a Lisa, second. Not- I, I got to jump in because I have a totally different definition of a consultant. I like that <laughs> one, though. I, I My definition of a consultant is a guy that knows 37 ways to have sex but doesn't know any women. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, me. <laughs> Uh, then an expert is a guy that with a briefcase that's 50 miles away from home. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, uh, Bob said, number one, we are going to keep our promise to the truck stops. If, if I negotiate the kind of pricing that I can with the right number of volume gallons a month, we are not going to drive by our network truck stops and fuel somewhere else because he likes the food or whatever. He's going to focus his fuel purchases in our network of stops. And number two, we're not going to cap discounts. And what that meant, that meant very little back then, except that, and I said, what do you mean by capping discounts? He said, well, occasionally the margins in, in the truck stops fly through the roof, and when that happens, <clears throat> most aggregators, in air terms, will take more of the discount for themselves. He said, we're not going to do that. We're going to make the same thing regardless of the margin of the, pro- of, of, of the fuel. And we're going to pass those discounts back to the people that are actually buying the fuel, and that's your members. So we designed it that way, and for years it didn't really make a hell of a lot of difference because – the discounts were fairly small, and when Flying J had such low marquee prices, all the chains and all the independents had to kind of stay within a penny or two of Flying J, or they couldn't be competitive. So when Flying J went out of business, uh, it it the you know the lid was off the off the thing on margins, and the truck stops. Uh, Pilot bought Flying J. And uh, Pilot decided they were going to get that billion dollars back in a year <laughs> by <laughs> increasing margins. And so margins went through the roof. And, uh, and because uh, other big aggregators or other large trucking companies typically had that adjustment factor in there, uh, so many of the large carriers will say to an owner-operator, hey, you can go on our fuel program. It's great. Uh, we can get you up to $0.18 cents a gallon. Well, when the margin's $0.88 cents a gallon, where does, that, where does that other money go? Well, it goes to the truck company. So anyhow, that's what happened, and uh, that's why our program went viral, and that's why I called you uh, last week really and left a message with you uh, and just tell you I wanted to thank you for all the business you sent us over the years because you have and we've never we've never discussed that you've never made a nickel recommending us and you know I just told told you quite frankly I I kind of owe you but uh, last the last 2 years Kevin uh, we have both 
in 20, let's see, this is 23, 21 and 22, we delivered over $300 million in discounts back to the people. Wow. Wow. In both years. Congratulations. About about $750 million. Wow, that is incredible. Two small guys. Uh, that are running their trucks. That's and there's some other things about our fuel program that that aren't really all that aren't as quantifying or aren't as measurable as the discount. Obviously, the get discount when the, when you look like like it happens all the time when a, somebody we've never met we put put that discount in front of him, uh, they go wow. <laughs> That's got, that, there's got to be something wrong here. That's got to be, this is crazy. That's no way. We've given actually in the last two years, several times we've given over a dollar a gallon in discounts back to our guys with two, three, four, five trucks. That is and, incredible. Uh, really? Congratulations. The, that, those two, are awesome numbers. But the, the real value, and I tell this and I teach a new entrance survival training class once a month. Matter of fact, I've got one tomorrow here at uh, NASDAQ headquarters in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But the uh, uh, there's a, there's here's the big value of the Quality Plus Network. Uh, the way small companies and owner operators had to shop uh, for fuel or buy fuel over the road before we came along. They had to, their drivers were told, go find the cheap fuel in that lane. Don't bring back a TA or a Petro fuel ticket. I'll fire you. I can't. <laughs> right. So, what the drivers were forced to do is go off interstate and find a pumper somewhere that they could buy cheap fuel. Well, when you send a million mile driver into a, a pumper location, uh, with no parking and uh, no pull-through parking, uh, no pavement, uh, no hot food, no shower, you know, to buy cheap fuel, he's not in a safe environment, and he's not in necessarily a good environment. You do that four or five nights a week or longer, and at the end of the week, you got a dirty driver, hungry driver, and a pissed-off driver, and one looking for a job or, or he's wasting time because he stops and gets the fuel and he's just not going to stay there no matter what now he's got to leave there and go find some other place to park it, it's just a horrible system it's a horrible situation to put good people in yeah and you can't you can't attract good people to drive your trucks if you don't i mean they they're not going they're not going to stand for that they don't have to they can find a company that can give them a, a safe haven and a, a, at least a, a shot at getting a, a park, a, a secure parking place for the evening, uh, and uh, and still afford the fuel. So the the ability to put our trucks in our eleven hundred, we have eleven hundred truck stops that give us cost plus pricing, and the ability to put our trucks and our driver in that. In that environment, uh, uh, most of the time, allows us to have a focus percentage, and this will blow your mind, 91%. 91% of our fuel purchases are in our discount network. Wow. That's incredible. That is is, off the chart incredible. Because I work work trying to get our, our guys to focus their fuel 
uh, back when I had my rebate program. And, uh, you know, incidental gallons is what that that's that rose that consultant brings back to you and sells you at the front door. <laughs> but, uh, uh, incidental gallons on our, on our rebate program were 10%. Exactly. We, there were 10% that our members were buying in our network and they were buying it before we met and after we met. So, I, if if the if a company stayed at ten percent, I wasn't bringing that truck stop any new business, and eventually that deal dries up. Well, I worked my rear end off for four years on that rebate program, and I moved that focus percentage from ten percent to about thirty four percent. And I mean, I called carriers, and I said, "You're you're killing me here. <laughs> you're driving right past this stop." and buying out of the network and so on and so forth. Well, that had never been done before. And uh, there's absolutely nobody that's ever put anywhere close to 91% of their purchases no. in a fuel network. No. We've done that. You, you know, I've wondered for years how you did it. Like, how were you beating the big fleet discounts? I, it, none of, I, I just couldn't figure it out. Now I get it. I'm glad I heard the story. It was a little bit of ingenuity and an awful lot of hard work. Well, and, but the, the, it, all the credit goes back to Bob Kelso. I tell people all the time, we gave back over $300 million last year. I could have kept $80 million <laughs> of that and still had the best skill program in America. <laughs> you're, you're right. But we didn't. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All so, right. In a lot of respects, I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> it, uh, you know what? I, I like to think that you really worked out a really good win-win. You know, it, here's another phrase I like to use. Um, it, it comes from the investing world and the stock market, but it, it applies in a lot of situations. And the saying is that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. So exactly right. I've used that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And this is a case. I mean, you could have taken that other 80 million, but you'd start to head into hog territory there. And eventually you'll just get slaughtered. And instead you, you you found a true win-win for everybody. Well, and the, uh, you know, we're, uh, I, I don't mind saying so we're, uh, uh, our 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 flagship um, is TA Petro. We're uh, we're we're TA Petro's largest customer, um, and and not only do we enjoy a full facility truck stop, but we enjoy a, a truck stop that has uh, probably the best maintenance. Uh, they've gotten a lot better over the years. Uh, loves us trying to uh, compete with them a little bit in that area now. But uh, we, we put them in a truck stop, TA Petro. We do, uh, I don't even know what the number is, but millions of dollars worth of, of uh, maintenance work from our members. Uh, we also, with TA Petro, we get a discount. We get a discount on trucks, truck and trailer inspections, tires, um, uh, oil changes, PMs, and and uh, and one of the things we're working on that you one of those crazy ideas of mine is to try to emulate uh, the big carriers in using TA truck stops as quote unquote terminal sites, 
and coming up with a comprehensive uh, and consistent preventive maintenance program that we run through the TA truck stops. Interesting. And um, that's another way to that's another way to narrow that gap, that competitive gap between the way the big guys do it and the way the little guys have to do it. Yeah, you know, but just because, you know, if you're one guy trying to work with those shops, it's kind of difficult. You just get lost in the shuffle. So we've always told our, our owner operators, you have got to find a couple shops around the country and build good, strong relationships. That, that So this idea of Ab- using the group power to do something like that makes sense. Absolutely. And uh, and we're and we're we're scratching the surface with that. Uh, and I mean, we're not there yet, but we've already, already got a good relationship with the maintenance side of the TA Petro truck stops. And, uh, and we're constantly working on making that better. Uh, I like to tell the small guys that come through our new entrance surveillance training class, uh, literally when you go on our fuel program and join NASTIC, you actually with TA Petro, at least you go from the back of the line to the front of the line, you become, you, you leave the fact that you're their smallest margin or their biggest margin, but their smallest guy, smallest volume. Yeah. And you, and you become part of their biggest guy. And that makes a, a lot of difference. I'm telling you. So, you uh, know, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, and with TA being purchased by BP, which that deal went through, I think, earlier this week, it's finalized. And uh, that's going to make a huge, that'll make a huge difference for our guys in our network. Uh, So we've got to now, uh, I I don't think we're going to have to train BP, uh, but they're, they're not, they're not that big into diesel. They're big in gas and they're big in, uh, uh, refining and stuff like that. But, uh, I think they're going, uh, I don't think they're, I think they'll like what we do and how we do it. I don't think they're going to come in and try to change. Right. You know, and this is, it happened on the, our conversation the other day, it's happening now. I'm sure it's going to keep happening. It's a good thing. Every time you talk about a program you're doing or an idea you have, I immediately have three ideas on how we could help. And (laughs) so, you know, I look at maintenance and it's a big, big part of what we do, but our, like I said earlier, our big push is find probably an independent shop near home and then find another one, you know, somewhere in the area you run a lot or in one of the lanes, build good relationships with them. Um, so we we have a big maintenance program. Tuesdays, our show, we call it the Power Hour. It's all about maintenance. It's all we talk about on Tuesdays. And we've built a relationship with, I think is the best diesel shop in the country, Pittsburgh Power. Uh, the owner, Bruce Mallinson, has been doing this for about 100 years, I think. And the other thing that's crazy, he has employee, He has the most loyal employees I've ever seen. It's hard to find somebody in a shop that hasn't been there for 30 years. And a couple of the guys have been there from the very beginning. It's just an incredible organization. And we've developed a lot of really specific maintenance programs for owner operators. You know, things that should be checked that the shops don't even do. I, we, there are some things exactly. on trucks that should be changed and you, you go into a shop and the service manager with 40 years of experience will say, oh, we never changed that. Why, why would you do that? Well, because you're supposed to and look at what happens if you don't. And 
So, uh, you know, we have some ideas there of, of, you know, some pretty quick, easy training programs and making sure these shops know what they should be looking for. And um, uh, just a, a lot of ideas around that. Um, one of the things I, I really love, uh, we'll finish up kind of on the fuel card and move on a little bit. If I were to come on the air or somebody called me and they were having issues and I, I, I like to find solutions for people. If my solution was you should join Nastic because they have awesome education, I would have failed miserably. But when I can come on and say you should join Nastic because they have this awesome fuel card with the best discounts in the planet, that gets them excited, they go get it, and that gets them closer to education. Because I know you do a lot of education. You talked about it. You have your uh, new entrance survival training. You've got your annual conference. That's really what I want people to have access to. The fuel card is an awesome hook. Egg, you're exactly right. And we're, uh, as I told you on the phone the other day, we're uh, we're coming out. We had a, we had a, we, <laughs> We had an hour radio show for 15 years that actually was preceded you on uh, when you were on Sirius XM uh, on Mondays uh, from 9 but, to 10 called Safety, but, Compliance, and Common Sense. Was I on Sirius XM? And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, I was. I forgot about like, that place. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that, was just, maybe that was just a run. <laughs> uh, I, anyhow, I've, I've discontinued that show. <laughs> For some of the same, I won't get into the weeds on that because, uh, but the some of the same concerns uh, about I want I love Dave Nemo and I love working with Dave Nemo and I love working for Dave Nemo and I and I loved advertising that hour, uh, but I'm not so sure I wanted to continue and work for SiriusXM for a lot of reasons, but. I, we, long story short, we're starting a podcast for our members, and it's gonna we're gonna drop the podcast in. The first one will be the first of June, and we'll we'll do it the first and third uh, Thursday of each month, and uh, it's for Nastic members only. And uh, so I'll be preaching to the choir, much less like you preach to the choir with your tribe. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I I love that, and you know. Dave Nemo got me started. I, I owe Dave a lot. I, you know, he was, it wasn't the first show that I was on. He was the first show I became a very regular guest on and spent a lot of time on the air. And, and that's what led to me getting a show on Sirius XM. So, you know, I, I owe Dave a lot. And and come on, he's a legend in the industry, really. You guys been around lo- longer all, than the diesel engine, I think. Exactly. We all owe Dave Nemo a lot. He saved lives back 50 years ago yeah. by helping keep drivers awake all night. You yeah. know, uh, Dave Nemo's an icon in the trucking industry. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and and really one of the straightest guys I've ever met, if, you know. So uh, he's, anyhow. Uh, he's but, also one of the nicest human beings I think I've ever met. I guess I used the wrong <laughs> word by straight. <laughs> hey, he's, 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 he's extremely nice and he's a great interviewer and he is a sponge for information just like you Kevin he yeah. reads he 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 is a sponge for uh, uh, knowledge and love to hear him talk about trivia and history and a lot of the stuff that he talks about but he's he's also a pretty talented musician I don't know whether you knew that or not but he I, plays yeah. pretty bad he plays 
plays in a jazz band. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, you know, I, I think I told you this the other day. Um, you talk about Dave being a sponge for knowledge. The very first CMC we ever did, which was our conference certified master contractor, it was two days then. Um, over the years, it grew to a five-day program. Our last event, we had 400 people in for five days. And they were long wow. days. We started at eight o'clock in the morning and there were nights, nine, 10 o'clock at night. We were still going with events. It was incredible. And then COVID hit and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go with that. So we are planning to bring some sort of an event back next year in 24. We're starting to work on it now. Uh, but the very first one, two days, I had 25 people in a hotel room in Orlando. That's how we got this program started. Dave Nemo was there because I was a guest, a regular guest on a show at the time. Dave, in the history of the program, Dave took more notes during those two days than anybody else I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm big on that, too. You know, not using a computer, uh, I take in, in college, I, if, if the professor coughed, it was in my notes, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I, I could have sold my notes to anybody <laughs> to, to the football team for lots of money back in the go. day when you, that's right. Yeah. Spoken like a true entrepreneur. One more thing I want to go back to on the fuel card before I forget. Uh, one of the big problems in the industry still to this day, I, I wrote a course about this, um, you know, the course is still online. People can go take it. I am shocked at how much misunderstanding there is about fuel tax and how it affects what you're paying for the fuel and how few people understand this. And because of it, they are overpaying for their fuel and they just don't get it. And when I used to try to explain it on the air, I swear I confused people more than I helped them. I don't know why I can't seem to explain this concept easily on the air and get people to understand it. That's why I had to go create the course. And if they go through the course, you'll get it. But this is a big deal. And they, they just don't understand where you buy that fuel has a big impact on the price of the fuel, but you can't look at the pump price. You've got to take the, the state tax out wherever you're looking at the price. For example, if you wanted to compare Florida and Georgia, should I fuel in Florida on my way through or should I wait until I get to Georgia or whichever way I said that? And it's big, but the, you have to look at the pump price in Georgia, take Georgia's fuel tax out of it. Now you know what you're paying for your fuel. Look at the pump price in Florida. Exactly. Take Florida's tax out of it, and now you can compare fuel against fuel. Correct. And almost always, uh, the small carrier or the person that's not paying attention will overbuy in yes. Georgia and underbuy in Florida. <laughs> and and then Georgia's notorious for not giving you your credits. Or the carriers are notorious about not being sophisticated enough to go get their credits and uh, or they tie up your credits for 90 days or something yeah. like that. It's crazy. Yeah. And you're exactly right. One of the things in our, one of the advantages of our fuel card is our data is transparent. Correct. Our guys can go in and get the, we have a fuel app now. They can cherry pick and, and plan their route and know exactly where, uh, our best price is in a particular lane before they ever crank the truck up. And uh, the other thing about that 
is you're exactly right. We have a column in our in our uh, monthly report that shows the price of the fuel uh, without the tax. A- X tax so price you, is what we call it, right? Number, yeah, X tax price exactly, and uh, that's important data to have. And it really, you're right. And small carriers and and owner operators have literally left hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table by not having a good uh, fuel tax uh, scheme. You know. One of the things that I've heard a lot and I've used a lot because we've we've struggled with that too. Uh, we have members, and the wife runs the you know the back room, and the husband drives the right. truck and fixes them. And uh, the, w- the woman is real good with fuel taxes, and they don't miss a thing. But when you got uh, somebody that doesn't understand it, uh, they leave money on the table. The, uh, the one thing that I heard, and I, I'm curious to see what your take is, but this is this is 30 year information. One of the things that I used that I, Bob Kelso was in the room when they created IFTA. Okay, he was he that, the guy that helped us that's fuel a, program. That's a key yeah. too because IFTA changed the way owner operators should buy fuel. The old strategy exactly. of I I just have to buy enough fuel in every state to kind of cover my fuel tax because uh, nobody gives me refunds before IFTA. It was a mess. So the idea of yeah. Oh, I'm going to cover my miles by buying enough fuel in every state. The day IFTA was implemented, that should have been thrown out the window. And here we are 30 years later, people still think that way, that you can't think that way anymore. You've got to buy the cheapest fuel you can find X tax. The tax will take care of itself. You just ignore, ignore fuel tax. There's almost nothing you can do to change your fuel tax unless you were willing to take another route, and that almost never makes sense. So the tax is what it is. Ignore it. You're going to get your refunds because of IFTA. So you should be buying fuel at the cheapest X tax price you can find. If you don't know that, if you are basing your purchases on pump price, you will be buying in the wrong place every time. Just about. You're right. And the other, what he, what he told me that I actually could pass on to some guys and they actually learned something. And you're right. It's all, this is not good advice anymore or, or even pertinent. But he made a statement. He said, if, if you want a simple uh, rule about buying smart for fuel tax purposes, buy is when you overbuy, buy as close to the Mississippi River as you can. That, that, <laughs> and I don't know why that was good. Now there, advice, it, it was. there were reasons, but it all got thrown out the, the window with IFTA. On IFTA, it's very, very clear. Always buy the cheapest X tax price on your route. The most underused tool that has been available for as long as I can remember Pro Miles put together the most awesome fuel buying tool on the planet and almost nobody uses it. It, it was, it, it's been around a yeah. long time where I could go to Pro Miles, put in my route and it would pick the truck stop with the X tax price that I should buy my fuel at. It would even, if, if I was using the software properly, it knew how many gallons I had in my tank, and it would even tell me, look, you should stop at this place and pick up 40 gallons. If you have time, 
just to get you to the cheapest place and then we're going to top off. It was an incredibly powerful tool. We've worked with ProMiles for decades. They're one of our partners. I I gave up talking about it. I I just couldn't get anybody to use it. Well, that's interesting. Uh, We're a big partner of ProMiles as well. And uh, we have a software, a a proprietary software called Mystic, M-Y-S-T-C, Managing Your Small Trucking Company. And you can run one or you can run 100 trucks off the software uh, but uh, our we ProMiles is the is the company that we use for miles for all miles, right. and we use them for a good reason. We got in on the ground floor with them when we first started developing the software. I uh, like twenty five years ago, twenty seven. I don't know, long time ago. Yeah, and um, and the and the auditors on fuel taxes all use ProMiles for miles, so it was easier on the auditor and easier on the company to yep. make, you know, make sense out of the miles. Uh, yeah, we're a big fan of pro miles. It, it, the funny I, thing I about did, their... I did not know. Go I ahead. did not know until just now that they had that, that, uh, that, that we had the ability to do exactly what you described. Not only do we have the, that ability has existed for about 20 or 25 years, I think. And they've, <laughs> they've hardly changed anything in that whole time. You know, everybody else's software in 20 years, my gosh, nothing looks like theirs does. They were so far advanced on that technology. They've never changed it. And yet I think it's one of the most underused tools in the business. Um, we house our uh, software in a company, uh, one of our sister companies called NASTEC National. And uh, the president of that company is uh, Bobby Harder. I don't know if you know who Bobby Harder is. No. But uh, Bobby Harder founded Transplatinum Service Corp., which became oh, Fleet One, which right. became Wex Fleet One. And Bobby Harder's father, C.W. Harder, founded ComData. Oh, wow. So, okay. Of the, of the two building companies that do 99% of the fuel uh, buying in America for long-haul trucks, 99% of those go through a company that one of the Harders created. Wow. So we were talking about ComData the other day, and you started there, and you, I think you, I said, I have a ComData store, and you said everybody in trucking does, which is probably true. <laughs> Do you, I, I don't know if you'll remember this or not. Uh, ComData had a program. It was an audio newsletter. You got it on an audio cassette back then. It was actually mailed to you. Oh, Super Driver. Super Driver. I wrote a column in there. Well, uh, we today... Uh, we've got about 5,000 trucks on what we call driver, uh, driver plus, which is a, a safety mini, mini version of super driver. It's an audio magazine for, uh, for truck drivers It's part of our professional drivers advantage safety program. And, uh, the same company that produced Superdriver produces that for us. Really? Matter of fact, they're going to be they're going to be the production company behind our podcast. Superdriver had to be like twenty five years ago, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it, Super- no longer than that. Was 30, it thirty five? Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah I, I wrote I and was- recorded an audio for it every month. Um, Gloria, who's I working with then? Is it Gloria somebody that ran that program for a while? I'm not sure. I yeah. was 
I was I was a field rep. I was, I didn't spend a lot of well, I was a field rep my first year at ComData, but there are a lot of people that worked there that I I was strictly on the I wasn't on the truck stop side, I wasn't on the operation side, I wasn't on the phone card side. I started out in convoy and ended up selling fuel cards and 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 uh and com checks and and convoy. Uh but uh I would. I probably wouldn't know her. Okay, As a matter yeah. of fact, I only yeah. knew about Superdriver uh, indirectly. I did not yeah. sell that. I, I, I thought it was an found, awesome program. Oh, it was. I mean, fabulous. I mean, the guy that I'm trying to think of the guy's name that I can't pull it up right now, but I'm sure that he's passed away he'd be 110 if he, <laughs> stein was his name okay his name was stein that uh developed uh super drivers an idea and uh he uh got calm data involved and and that that was a wonderful program and like i say we we have we've taken a page off of that book and we now have and give this this is part of our management and safety program every month the people that are on that program get a package. The driver gets a package with our a newsletter that's written for drivers, not companies, called Windshield Time. Uh, he's in and in that package they get a some kind of coupon for a free cup of coffee or a discount on a tire or something. And then they also get a, a we do it now with flash drive CDs and we're going to another form of of delivery but uh they get a cd and it has interviews like super driver has interviews with country music people and uh nascar people and stuff like that but in every one of those cds there's a 12 to 20 minute safety and awareness program and the drivers listen to that while they're driving and they sign a piece of paper that says, I have listened to volume 1232 on driving and weather. And they sign it, and it goes in the driver's qualification file. Well, that's a whole lot better than bringing them in on a Saturday morning for crap like that. And I say, Nobody does it. I, I say crap like that, not that it's not important, that kind of education is good. But when they bring them in on Saturdays, I've been there. The drivers hate it. Um, nobody really pays attention. You're just doing it so you can say you did it. So I, I think that's a much better way to deliver training. You well, know, small, I, small, small companies can't even do it. Right. I mean, they got right. the trucks in the house Fourth of July weekend and Christmas. You know, <laughs> right. and that's it. Yeah. Hey, hey, David. I just realized you and I just blew through the entire hour, and we we had you booked for an hour. So, <laughs> can can you? We didn't even take a call. I, well, we've got three specifically for you. Do you have time to take them? Oh, absolutely. Let's yeah, do that. I've, I've got another guest got, coming on you, at nine, but we can just bring him into the conversation anyways, a really successful small fleet owner. So we might be adding him, but let, let's grab some of these calls. They've been waiting here for a while and they are specifically for you. Let's go to uh, Florida to get started. Tony, welcome. You're on with David. Um, it actually wasn't, uh, it wasn't for Nastic. I did join yesterday though, uh, based on your conversation the other day. So I, oh, good. I that'll pass. I was actually going to ask you about if you wanted my address for selling this pack car because I'm looking at a big bunk uh, Detroit. You'll like the 15 liter. You won't like the weight. You won't like the 343 rear. Um, 
and uh, you might not like the price either. I'll be borrowing sixty thousand for that, but it's you know. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you about the oversized permits. If you know, if you if I try to take normal loads with that, can you just get an oversized permit for the thousand pounds that you're over? Hey, hey, David. Sometimes you got to watch some of our callers. They tend to be a little tongue in cheek and sarcastic at times. And sometimes I have to check. Tony, are, are we serious, or, or is this just a fun call today? <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I'll take that. Yeah, we are, we are. But I'll take that as a no. I all gave right. Brittany my address. All right. So you can kick my ass. <laughs> That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did join Nastic, though, because Excellent. all you had to, uh, um, to tell me was 90 cents a gallon in fuel, and um, and I signed right up real quick. I didn't know they had a meeting today, which... Um, Tomorrow, I think. Which I would have flown in for if, if, if the flight was early enough. Well, they do, you do that every well, month, uh, don't you, David? I do. I do it the thir- try, typically the third Friday of each month. But, you know... Uh, you come and, and plan to spend uh, Friday with us, and then we have bonus training on Saturday, uh, which uh, gets us gets us around the second base on on getting you acclimated to some of the other things that we do. And one of the reasons why we actually have people that are owner operators in less than five trucks, we're kind of leveraging attendance to that company because uh, those companies that add a second truck that's their, when they're most vulnerable for failure uh, when they add the second trucks to the and then they realize they got to go to five or six and they do it too fast and they compromise their driver standards and a lot of other things uh, please let me know when you uh, when you do come so I can spend a little time with you Tony all right if you're talking about my western star no that would be a trade. Um, I just, I'm, I'm tired of, excuse me, uh, sitting in my garbage can in the truck three times a day <laughs> and not having, you know, some space, a nice kitchen for my, you know, food that I want to order, a refrigerator. I just, Let, let's, I know it's mathematical malpractice, but damn it, yeah, let, it doesn't have an APU. Let, let's go get that big bunk. Just do it. All right. All right. All right. Next month, I'll be there. The, the third Friday, I'll be there the next the next meeting. Excellent. Sounds great. All Look right. forward to meeting you. There you go. Thanks, All right. Bye. We are going to move along. We're off to Oklahoma this time. Jerry, welcome to the program. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, David, you've got Kevin to thank for me being a member of NASTIC, and uh, probably about 99.9% of my fuel is bought through the NASTIC card once in a great long while. I'll get caught somewhere and have to have to use a debit card for whatever reason, timing or whatever, but 99.9% of it is through the NASTIC. I think my discount was somewhere over $10,000 last year on my fuel purchases. I always keep track of the, how much my discount is, and I uh, am very thankful for your program. My question for you, David, is if you're in a dead area, what is the process for trying to get a station signed up for the NASTIC? program how do you go about it do you call you and tell you here's a station i need to get added or do you tell the station you need to get added what's what's the process david a great question and thanks for the question you call me now uh prior to bob's death uh which was the last day of january you would have called his company but i purchased his company 
which is uh, Quality Fuel Networks, and his company was in charge of the repricing every day and the maintenance of the stops and adding and deleting truck stops. So just call me, and I'll put you in touch with the guy that runs that now uh, for me. His name is Rusty, and, and we'll we'll take a hard look at uh, trying to fill that gap. Uh, the one one thing we and we know there's occasionally a gap, like you say, every now and then you get in a, a wrong spot and you can't find a network stop. But uh, the card works. The card works in everything but uh, pilot pilot flying J. And uh, even though you don't get a discount, you get punished a little bit by being out of network. Uh, uh, We've got 1,100 stops, and um, like you indicated, that only happens about every now and then. So we'll look. Well, at, it, yeah. My my main concern is is right in our home, right where I'm based out of, is a big gap. I mean, we can go. You know, I can go 60, 80 miles either way, and I can get a fuel stop. But right where I'm based at, and and what's what's aggravating to me is is that there's one 70 miles from me. It's a Circle K. There's one right in our hometown that's a Circle K, but they're not in the uh, fuel network. I got you. Well, give me a call, and we'll, we'll where are you located? In Oklahoma? No, no, I'm based out of Western Illinois. And okay. If you get that little little hump in Western Illinois, there's a uh, big gap right there. You just kind of got to go several miles either direction to get a uh, a uh, stop, and then it'd just be so nice there where I'm, where I'm home to be able to top off the fuel in my hometown, and there's a Circle K right there that sells diesel, but they're not in your network. Give me a call, and we'll take a real hard look at All that. All right. Okay? That tells me what I need to know. I appreciate the information. Yes, sir. Thank you for thank you for the call. Yep, you bet. Bye. All right. Well, David, it uh, sounds like he's one of the guys that really bumps your average up there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and is and – and is concerned about that one time in a hundred. And, right. and that's, we, get that, we get that question a lot um, about, you know, having a, having a place that's, you know, five or 10 miles from where you are, you know, when you're off. And uh, that's important. We can, we can do some things. Now, what we won't do is add a stop if we can't bring them volume. And right. so we right. got to, it's a juggling act, so we got to keep our we got to keep our eye on the ball, so to speak, and make sure that we're treating the truck stops well. But if we got a Circle K ten fifteen miles away, uh, we might could get that Circle K as well. So that, there you we, go. We'll take a look at that, and we we appreciate those kind of calls. By the way, good. We've got a, another call. Speaking of calls, let's go to Georgia. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi Kevin. Uh, David, uh, yeah, my mind's my mind's racing. Hey, so a couple stupid questions. What's the cost of NASCAR? Uh, the cost, the cost is not gone. Actually, it's gone down over the years. We have fifteen thousand two hundred and eighty companies that are part of NASPIC. and uh, for it, it's, it's determined by the your number of trucks. If you've got uh, less than five and you come to the new entrance survival training class your cost is 250 dollars a year uh if you if you're uh then it and, and then it, it's 350 i believe uh if 
you have between six and 20 or 19 and 450 if you have 21 20 to 29 and then it then it goes to about like a ten dollar per truck increase from there so you pay a little more for the number of trucks you have when you sign up now the good news is that like i say we just celebrated our 34th anniversary uh, we've never increased the price of admission, and you're grandfathered at your joining price. We had a carrier, Kevin, that uh, joined us with, uh, like, I think they had about 45 trucks. Uh, they they uh, they still pay the same price, and they now have 850 trucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What so, a deal. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so we, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, David. I'm sorry. Um, um, so, is the does the discount on the fuel is does that depend on how much you buy, or is one truck get the same amount the discount as a, a ten truck fleet? Good, good question. Um, there, there is a second tier in our pricing scheme, and they get about a penny, I think, uh, more in discounts per gallon. They have to buy a minimum of 45,000 gallons a month. So they have to be a certain size. Uh, right. For the most part, no, the pricing is, the pricing is every, you know, you got two trucks, you're paying the same basic price as everybody else in the, well, unless they've got, you know, 45, I think it's 45,000 gallons a month focused in our network. And it, then they, it, get an, they get an extra penny. Okay, and then uh, you're saying the average discount's about ninety cents a gallon right now. Well, no, please don't use that number for the entire no, okay, yeah for the entire year last year. Our average in eleven hundred truck stops on, good lord, almost probably close to a billion gallons. Well, half a billion gallons of diesel fuel. Our average was like sixty cents. Okay. Wow. And, okay. Okay. And, and and the our fifty one. I can get in. You can go on our website and get the exact amount as a member, and you can see uh, on our whether using our fuel app, you can see what the. Here's something that a lot of people don't understand, and I think it's the coolest thing ever. Kevin, I'd like to patent this, but I can't. <laughs> uh, just because of a fluke in the way we do our pricing. Yeah. When we got this together, Bob and I said, so "How are we going to how are we going to control the cost basis on 800 uh, racks all over the country and thousands of transactions every day?" And he said, "Here's the way I want to do it. I want to I want to take a snapshot of the cost in all 850 racks at nine o'clock Central Time uh, every on Monday." For Tuesday's purchases, on Tuesday for Wednesday's purchases, on Thursday for thir uh, uh, Thursday for Friday's purchases, Friday for the weekend, and back to Monday. So that didn't mean a doggone thing when we designed it, because wholesale fuel would move maybe a fraction of a penny a day. Right, right. The graph, you couldn't even tell it moved, and it was it was incidental information. Well, uh, our our fuel guy came to me one day and said, uh, "Boss, uh, we just did the uh, we did after repricing, and tomorrow fuel in our network's going up six cents." 
I said, what? He said, I said, do we get go to war or we start a war in Iraq? Or what, what's going on? And he said, I don't know, but it's going up six cents tomorrow. And I said, well, holy cow, I've never heard of that. I mean, it's never moved like that. And he said, why don't we send out a fuel alert? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, why don't we send the facts <laughs> yeah. out to all of the people on our fuel program and tell them to buy before midnight. Fuel's going up in our network six cents tomorrow. What a, what we a did great that. thing. <laughs> yeah, incredible. We, yeah. We, we, did, we did that, and my phone rang off the hook. I had to take my phone off the damn I, they said, everybody said, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard of in my life. On top of the whatever the discount was, they saved another five or six cents by just buying before midnight rather than that and waiting until the next day. Then about three weeks later, Eric came to me. He said, boss, fuel's going down tomorrow, seven cents. <laughs> I said, good <laughs> What? He said, yeah, it's going back. down tomorrow, seven cents. He said, let's send out another fuel alert. And I said, hell, it's going down. He said, tell them to buy after midnight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we sent out a nose and they're so fast to tell everybody to after midnight. So uh, then I was going broke sending faxes, Kevin. I mean, it was costing me more money to send the fax than I was getting off the fuel. So we now, today, we send a text <laughs> to every driver's phone and with a simple message, buy before midnight, fuel's going up tomorrow, buy after midnight, fuel's coming down. And, and, if, and so your, your app has has all your locations on your mobile app uh, with less ISTA on the, um, on the mobile app too? Great, great question. I know it comes across on my report, X-Taxes, and I'm pretty sure the app was designed that way. But uh, call me back and let me get you to my high-tech guys. You realize you're talking to no, Mr. No-Tech. So, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have designed the app without it that way. So, right, uh, right. And, we, and, and most of our people have, uh, have adapted to the app. Most of our people are now uh, using the app to intelligently buy their fuel. And I, if, if we don't have it, X taxes, uh, I can assure you that we'll get, we'll get, I'll get my smart people on it and we'll put that in there if it's not that way now. Uh, I hear you. Thank you. Wait, wait a second. She's, my secretary is showing it to me. <laughs> it, I love this. Oh, ne- yeah. Yeah, it's got next. It's this this app that I'm looking at, not on my phone, but on her phone. It says net of state tax two dollars ninety two point nine, and the you know a, a max price on this pricing scheme was uh, three twenty one point nine. So the difference between those two would have been the taxes. So yes, it's on the app. So it's on the app. And, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, man, that sounds uh, that sounds that sounds fantastic. What you're doing there, and thank you very, very much. Well, you're you're welcome very much, and uh, uh, and I and I want to publicly thank Mr. Kevin Rutherford for all the people like you that he sent to us over the years, and uh, I can and I'll say this: I've never paid Kevin 
a dime for that free free pub, but I'm planning on starting. We we I I just love I'm, to be I'm able to at least send you a ham at Christmas there, or something. There you go. Yeah, you know, I just I'd love to be able to you know kind of bring those tools to our tribe because they they just bring so much value to them. So. Uh, and now I think it's worked out the way it was supposed to. I think we've got a, an awful lot of really exciting stuff for the future. You know, I, I was just kind of laughing as you were saying, um, I know it's my app, but I'm going to have to go find somebody else to answer the question. My show is all about answering <laughs> questions. I mean, that's what I do. I even tell people, call me, ask me anything you want, and I'll, I'll attempt to answer it. The funny thing is, if people call me and ask me about prices for our services, I never know them. I, I don't pay attention to that. I don't <laughs> deal with that. And and I know it sounds awful when somebody calls and says, uh, so what's the price? I don't know. Go on the website and look. We put it all up there. I just don't know what it is. Um, I, to me, well, that's something other, that I don't need to take up space in my brain for. Exactly. And uh, the other question we get a lot, and uh, obviously, our discounts are, are are almost hard to believe, and we get a call, a question like that last caller: How much is your discount going to? How much discount can I expect? We don't have a clue. Yeah, right. The discount is oh, the, the discount is totally uh, based on how much margin the truck stop chains are getting on a gallon of fuel in a given area at a given time. And we don't control that part. Now, the one thing that's fairly unique about our program versus, say, uh, a, a large trucking company going to TA, uh, if a large trucking company goes to TA and says, okay, I'm going to put 4 million gallons a month in your in your stops, I won't cost plus two, okay? And Mr. TA would say, okay, that's fine. Show me the two million gallons, and I'll show you the two cent cost plus two. But who who controls the cost factor in that equation? TA Petro yeah, or the Saudis. in our program. Uh, <laughs> in our program, TA TA Petro and our truck stops does not control the cost factor. We do. Right. So we don't ask TA Petro what do we owe you for this gallon of fuel. We tell TA Petro <laughs> this is what. Pay you for the fuel. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, I know I've said it so many times, but it's uh, it's an incredible program. Uh, oh, we. Oh, I think he's trying to call back. We had a call. Oh no, somebody else is calling back. We had a call that just dropped. He had a comment for you. We've got another one coming through. Um, so we'll wait just a second for that, David. While we're waiting on that, um, tell us about your annual conference. Oh, uh, it's. I call it the best three days in trucking. Of course, that's probably uh, irritates you a little bit because it sounds like your boot camp may be the best week in trucking. <laughs> well, we're, we're both uh, pretty biased on that, so that's okay. Yeah, it, it, rightfully so. Uh, our first one was about 30 years ago, and Buster and I came up with the idea to have a seminar, uh, and we came up with the idea to have that seminar on a Saturday so uh, the smaller guys could actually go to a meeting. Uh, small guys had to take the phone off the hook to go to any trucking meeting. <laughs> so we set up our seminar, so to speak, uh, on Saturday. It was at the Hall of Fame Hotel in Nashville. We had 16 people in the room counting me and Buster. And uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, the next one we had, we had about 
50 people in the room. There you go. And but we've been doing our annual conference now for when we first started, we had a spring meeting and a fall meeting. And we went to a single annual conference about 15 years ago. But uh, we it's an amazing three days. We're we have 12 or 14 breakout sessions with really, really smart people that talk about everything from, you know, fuel to nuts. And uh, we, we have been very fortunate to get some really high-powered keynotes and uh, people will make presentations. We've actually had uh, four or five keynote presentations by people that have run for president. Uh, we had Dr. Ben Carson twice. We had uh, Governor Huckabee twice. We had Fred Thompson once, uh, and uh, so last. And then we we've expanded it now to a full three days: Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now it's in downtown Nashville at the Omni Hotel, and we fill up the hotel. We have we'll have four hundred fifty to five hundred people come and spend three days in Nashville. And uh, like I say, it is chock full of that thing that both of you and I, Kevin Treasure, and that's education. And one of the big benefits is these guys, this is the only opportunity really for them to meet each other. Yeah. And it's kind of like I use, I use the analogy when you, when your kids are small, you, you work real hard as a parent trying to figure out what to get them for Christmas and you come up with a great idea. And then, uh, Five minutes after they open the present, they play with the damn box and don't ignore what you I, bought them. I have a yeah. whole story best, about that we'll save for the, another day. The best thing about our meetings is the carriers getting to uh, interact with our best brokers and each other and 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 our speakers and our what I call our smart people. Uh, but... Uh, We've got a great agenda line shaping up for this year, and you're gonna you're gonna be a part of that, at uh, at the very least with a breakout session that that both of us may uh, be involved in. I, oh, I think be that fun. would be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so but, that, uh, the dates are the dates are November second, third, and fourth. Uh, and that downtown Nashville and, uh, uh, the first step is joined is joined NASTIC is for members. And, uh, uh, occasionally I'll get, uh, I'll get a call and say, Hey, can I come to your meeting? I want to join, but I want to find out more about you. And we, we let them in. So yeah, you let them in and then you don't let them out until they join. I, I like that model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We right. throw the on the roof. That's, the <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a real quick story about the CMC because you, you talk about that, the the connection, the networking, the camaraderie. So when we started our program, it was two days. It was me standing up in front of the room and talking for 10 to 12 hours a day or until people started falling out of their chair and then I might quit for the night. Um, we grew that into five days um, and multiple speakers, multiple breakouts. We've never had kind of big names outside of trucking, but we've had Dan Baker. You very familiar with Dan Baker. We had Larry Wingett was our, our keynote for a lot of years. Great author, friend of mine. 
And Larry and I would do a piece up on stage together. That was a lot of fun. But it, this was an expensive program. I mean, at the end, when it became five days, it was $1,800 a person. And we calculated for a husband and wife team to come to that cost them about 10 grand. By the time they paid for the ticket, took the time off, lost that revenue, paid the hotels, all that other stuff, we covered almost all the meals. It, it was a really expensive event. And, and we understood that, but we also knew that there was way more value in that than, than what you were paying. But people kept coming back. And I thought, wait a minute. I, I, I try to tell people every year, there's not much different this year. You know, the material I'm teaching right. is the same material I was teaching 10 years ago with a couple minor tweaks because this stuff doesn't change. So why are you coming back? Did, did you not? And some people would say it was so much information. I need to go over it again. But then they came back a third and fourth exactly. time. And I'm like, all right, guys, something else is going on here. What is it? It was just the networking. They just wanted to be exactly. there that week and just hang out. They wanted to play with the box and not the toy. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we, we get the same thing, Kevin. We get the same... A lot of the people that you want, you come to one of our meetings and you'll be back every year. You'll yeah. be coming back every year. Heck, year before last, we do a, we started a grand old trucking show on Friday night. It's a concert at the Hall of Fame of uh, Country Music wow. uh, Hall of Fame Auditorium, which do doesn't come cheap to rent for the evening. And Hell, we had uh, Winona Judd and John Snyder and uh, Billy Dean and uh, Lindsey Lawler and uh, uh, a year before last. And last year, we had Jim, uh, John Snyder again and Tony Justice and uh, Lindsey Lawler. And uh, this year, uh, T.G. Shepard and, and his wife, Kelly, are going to host the program. And we've got Phil Vassar and a fellow by the name of... of, of and I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I can't believe that. He's a fantastic. He's, he's written. He's written about. He's written 18 number one songs. Wow. Okay. Well, this sounds Jeffrey like a lot. Steele. Okay. And, and so we have that concert on Friday night. We used to send the, our drivers of the year. By the way, I didn't even mention our drivers of the year. We recognize 18 or 20. Drive, multi-million drivers of the year at every conference and we we pay for them and their wife to come and and their company owner and and we treat them like gold gold we give them a jacket and we spend about a grand on all 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 20 of them i hate to tell you you probably know kind of what we spend to do this oh yeah oh yeah and i'm, like, <laughs> and, I'm and i'm and and it's 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 a number that almost makes me want to throw up. I but know. the truth of the matter, <laughs> it, it's uh, and we we don't we don't get it back in fees. We I've never. Uh, I think the price to come to our meeting is around four three hundred ninety five dollars. Hey, you're not making any and, money. Uh, no, we're losing no, yes. two or three hundred. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, no but, doubt. But that's not a loss. That's that's. Guess what? I write it off as advertising. There you go. And it's That's, never. Yeah. And 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 truthfully, our eight hundred number here at Nastic has become. We get twelve, thirteen hundred calls a day here. Wow. In oh. calls a day, twelve, thirteen hundred oh. calls a day, 
all answered by a real human. That's uh, true. I and, can attest to that. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't screen my calls. Since I don't have a cell phone, I have to take all my calls. <laughs> and I, and if you call Nastic and ask for David Owen, they won't ask you if you're a member or they won't ask that, you what it's about. They won't. Th- that is true. Nothing. Yep. That's true. One moment, please. And if I'm available, I'm the next voice on the phone. And if I'm not available or can't take the call, if you leave a real number, callback number, or I call them back. I answer all my phone calls, and I talk to some of the worst telemarketers you've ever met in your life. <laughs> so I am, uh, I'm really excited. I've never been to your conference, and uh, now I get to come as a speaker and hang out. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll just let you know now, because uh, we haven't, like you said, it might be a breakout. Maybe you and I, we haven't finalized it. it keep me busy. It, just whatever you want me to do for those three days, I'll do. I already know that about you, Kevin. <laughs> if, if, if I don't keep you busy, you'll end up in a pool room somewhere holding a class. You're right. I'll, I'll grab a bunch of people and, and go do something on my own. So, yeah, keep me busy. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm yeah. excited about it. Can you take a couple more calls? Absolutely. Let, I'm let, yours. Let, let's do this. Let's go north of the border to Toronto. Dilbaugh, welcome. Yeah. Hello, Kevin and David. How are you guys doing? Very good, thank you. Uh, okay, I am in Canada. Can I join the program? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You certainly can. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, call us and uh, and uh, and we'll put you with one of our talented, uh, sweet talkers. And okay. uh, and we'll we'll we'll. Well, of course, you'll have to move to the United States. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will. <really, laughs> uh, we have we have uh, we have several Canadian companies. As a matter of fact, uh, Kevin, I thought at one time about uh, starting a Nastic in Canada and calling it Canastic. <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, the big problem we had at the time was the 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 money exchange. It gets it gets complicated, and the hours of service are different. And there's some there's some complications about Canadian companies. But yes, if you run miles in the United States, uh, it'll it'll we'll we'll earn our keep by you being a nasty member. You know oh, that okay. that. Very um, good. That issue, we, we dealt with as well with our accounting program. We had so many requests from uh, Canadian owner-operators that wanted to be a part of it. And I had to say, look, I, I, I struggle to keep up with the U.S. tax laws. I can't possibly right. learn two countries. And ultimately, what we ended up doing, I licensed the program to uh, a, a great There's somebody uh, in Canada. Great yeah. trucking veteran up there, um, Ray Haight. Uh, licensed the program and had, you know, Canadian accountants who understood. So, and that worked out well. Well, we just had one of our, uh, our best brokers. Uh, he's, he just retired, but he was uh, our broker of the year a couple of years ago. Um, Chuck Snow, who ran traffic. Oh, oh, Chuck is a great friend of mine. Chuck's one of our speakers at our event. Is that right? He is. What a great guy. And what an amazing story. He was like the outlaw trucker back when Canadian freight was regulated like the U.S. And he was an outlaw breaking all the regulations. Uh, He's got an amazing story. 
Yeah. Almost uh, catch me if you can type guy, right? He, yeah, he really was. Okay. And, uh, and, and I, what a sharp guy. Uh, Kevin. What's that? How do I reach to Nasdaq? Uh, oh, a good question. Call call me at 1-800-264-8580 and uh, uh, ask for one of our, just whoever answers the phone. Uh, okay. Tell her you want to speak to one of our salespeople that can uh, tell you everything that you need to do. And uh, we've gotten pretty sophisticated. You can you can join fairly quickly online. Are you a single truck guy, or are you do you have other trucks? No, I am a single truck driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are some uh, qualifications if you've got less than five trucks. If you're one to four, uh, we we either you either go on our management and safety program, uh, kind of as a leap of faith or come to business and go through the new entrance survival training class. I love okay. that too. I, I'm, I'm really yeah. glad that's and, how you set this up. Well, they, they, a lot of the guys that come down here, they come kicking and streaming, but after they leave, they're very happy they came. That's exactly and, uh, right. I've heard tired. that many times. I, I, got, I got tired, Kevin, of, of saving all these guys $10,000 a truck on fuel, and then six months later, they're out of business because they – didn't know how to do some of the things exactly. you, you, you know, and, and it's hard. The business is, it should be simple, but it is not. There's nothing simple about making money out of a truck. I'm not kidding. But no, and, uh, you know, we, I, I think between you and I, we've, we've helped to simplify a lot of things and given people tools that simplify it. And the reason we've had to, it's a complicated business. It really is. And, uh, and there's not a whole lot of room for error. I mean, there's just you can you can make a fatal error in a heartbeat. I I've never seen an industry where you could take a viable eighteen twenty truck company in March and they're they're signing Chapter Seven in July. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's crazy all the things that small guys, particularly small guys who are trying to grow, how much, how vulnerable they are to things they have no control over like all the crap that's going on in the United States right now with our economy and with our government. Oh boy. But, if you, if uh, you and I got started on that, we, it would become a marathon session. Oh, I know. And, and you know, I, I, I can't, I can't do anything in 10 minutes. I, I always go back to Genesis to tell all my stories. And, uh, uh, I think you need the backstory, uh, if you're going to appreciate the current story, I'm a big history buff as well. Got it. All right. Dilba, does that help? Yeah, thank you very much. Fantastic. Have a good day. You're yes, welcome. sir. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. We're going to bring uh, David in in Missouri. Dave, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, Dave. <clears throat> hey, Dave. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> hey there. So I got a, I've got a comment and I've got a question. A comment, you know, Kevin turned me on to you 10 12 years ago now, when I bought my first truck, started my business, and I've been a loyal member ever since. One of the, one of the main reasons I'm successful every year is because of discounts you guys provide through your fuel card program. And uh, the, the uh, notifications I get every day from Eric Lamb that tell me if the price is going up or price is going down tomorrow is, is, is crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so convenient. 
and I and my story pertains to that. About a year, maybe a little bit better than a year ago. You know, shortly after we elected that turnip in chief that we got now, <laughs> when when the fuel prices were rising by twenty five cents a night, the next night they were going up seventeen cents a night. Uh, do you remember that that era? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, well, I listened. I listened to a conservative uh, radio talk show in, out of my home state, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I called him and I told him I actually texted him a copy of that, and he got back to me right away. He says, "Can you forward them emails to me?" So for for that that time period there. I was emailing him them notifications because he wasn't a member, and he was he, he was announcing them word for word off uh, off of the uh, the email I get from Eric Lamb, another great guy, uh, to make his point. So you got a, a shitload of a uh, uh, good good press there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the question I have is, uh, I'm looking, you know, on on your app for on the fuel. And why is it one fuel stop, the next exit up, is is like 25% different pre-tax price? Uh, yeah. I give you for I give you an example. Now you might have answered that before while I was talking to Brittany on hold. But uh, today, Mount Vernon, Illinois, TA is 385 right. for fuel. Pre-tax is 310. Right. The next the next exit over is uh, the roadies over there. It's 366. Uh, our our price pre tax two ninety one. Oh, there's a ten cent different in, in in the state tax. I don't understand that. Well, no, there can in, be in a the difference first, in the state uh, tax. Well, you, you actually there can be, Kevin. And I'm gonna give you a dirty little secret. Okay. The state of yeah, that's the one I want. <laughs> yeah, sure. The state of Illinois charges uh, oh. state sales. That's right. They charge a state sales tax about 24, 25 cents a gallon. And then they allow the truck stop not to pay that to the state, but keep it. So, uh, which is, should be illegal. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, it should be. If I did that in Tennessee, I'd be in, under the jail. Uh, but they do. They let the truck stops that are putting a certain percentage of biodiesel fuel in their fuel, they let them keep the sales tax that they charge in-state and out-of-state truckers. So some of the truck stops will take that and, and, and price their fuel and only keep half of that $0.24. Cents. So there's a $0.10, $0.12 cent differential, and that's possible in, only, I guess, only in the state of Illinois. Yeah, this is a twenty cent gallon uh, difference net of state tax, two ninety one to three ten. Crazy. We figured that out, Kevin, when we started getting uh, uh, competitive fuel programs. We get a call in, and somebody would say, "My God, uh, they're giving me cost plus two in Illinois." Huh? What a crazy well, system. They were, giving, they were giving them cost plus two because they were getting twenty four cents a gallon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, continued success. I, I I like you guys uh, partnering up. You guys are meant for each other, no doubt about it. I'll keep listening and I'll keep using it. Thanks for your time. All right. Hey, thanks, thanks for the business. Thanks for the kind words. All right. Um, wow, David, what a great show. Great stuff. I knew this was going to happen when when we got talking. And I, I hope I, you. 
I've hopefully apologized to your other guest. Uh, he's, he, I have. I'm talking to him on Twitter. Um, Jamie's a great guy. Like I say, he's one of our tribe members. He's a, an awesome small fleet owner that is pushing those 10 mile per gallon numbers. He's a, uh, he, he right. works directly with Mac on programs like this, like Joel does on Volvo. So um, just a just a great guy. So we're, we're also doing a, another event, him and I, later today on Twitter. So um, he, he's pretty flexible about it. He's actually out driving. I mean, he's a fleet owner, but he still does a lot of driving himself. So he'll pull over. And um, many of our hosts, like our, our host tomorrow, um, Joel Morrow's full-time, you know, has his own authority, still runs a trucking company. He's got his fuel mileage uh, consulting business, and we never know where he's going to be joining us from. A, a lot of our guests are doing the stuff we bring them on the air to talk about. They're doing it every day. Sure. So I, I just think those people make uh, the best people to have on the air. Well, absolutely. And uh, that's one thing that makes your message powerful is the fact that you've actually done it. Uh, I can't you know, I've, 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 I sign a disclaimer every day to let everybody know that I came from outside the industry. I've never driven a truck. I've never crawled up under one and I've, and I've never owned, I've never dispatched drivers. Now my partner Buster was involved in the, he was a, in the dispatch side of trucking for a while before he went to Com data, but I got introduced to tr the uh, trucking, uh, through Com data. And, uh, and, and that's, uh, so I'm, 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 a, I'm an outsider, but I've become an insider. Oh, because yeah. Nobody else was paying <laughs> attention to that void that, uh, I it was so obvious to me of that guy with less than a hundred trucks that was trying to compete with a guy with a thousand trucks. And, uh, uh, back when uh, we started, back when we started Nastic, uh, the, when I quit Com data, the guy, uh, the guy that was the CEO there, told me, he said, you're not going to quit. I was in national accounts. I've been calling on the, their largest customers for a year. And, uh, that's where I came up with the idea for nasty, quite frankly. And, uh, uh, he told me, uh, I said, well, I, I hate doing what I'm doing and I'm going to, I am going to quit. And he said, but I've got this idea. And I had seven pages of notes and the top of the first page was NASTC a national association of small trucking companies. There you go. And I said, if we, if we could do something like this within the confines of com data without further bruising your pricing integrity, <laughs> which you never respected anyhow, right. uh, uh, I would stay and do this. I don't necessarily want to quit. And uh, he said, well, that's really a good idea, but the timing's bad. My smart people tell me there won't be any small trucking companies in three or four years. That was 1989, and do, I said, well, I'm going to quit. Yeah. So, do, you know, do you know how many times I have heard that owner-operators are going to go extinct? Oh, God. <laughs> Every, it's kind of kind of like they're going to do away with cash, which it, they're trying to do. They are. And somebody uh, might be trying to do away with, well, they are. The government's trying to do away with independent contractors across the board. We're fighting that one. Oh, as as they're being attacked from every angle. And it's never been worse. No, it, it's, and, it hasn't. Uh, actually, it's not, and it's not just small trucking companies, Kevin. It's everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah our is. government has turned against its citizenry. And, uh, it's uh, I, uh, I've never been uh, more troubled about our future than I am right now. 
I agree. As a country. I agree. You're right. And capitalism in general. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a topic. That's a topic. We might do a we might do a breakout session at our conference on capitalism versus communism. That would be fun. And how? And I, and our capitalism versus socialism. Yeah. Excuse me, I used the wrong word. Uh, the uh, uh, and I will make you take the socialist side <laughs> of the argument. <laughs> Oh boy, I don't know if I can do it. Ah, uh, it would be fun though. We'll 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 work out something because that would be fun. Hey, it would be hey, worse than waterboarding. I know, I know. Uh, you know, I want to go back. You, you said you you filled a gap and you were an outsider. You are clearly right smack in the middle of this. You are a trucking industry veteran, no doubt. Um, and you did fill a gap. I tried to fill it. I talked to you about this the other day. I, I tried to build an association based around education. I didn't know anything about associations, so I brought in two partners. I, I'm in a partnership now. There's there's three of us. My wife and I own part. We have business partners and it's working well. But th- there was a time when I said and I stole the line from Dave Ramsey that, you know, the only ship that won't sail is a partnership. Uh, and I kind of felt that way with my first <laughs> attempt at it. Um, and I failed miserably at the whole association thing. Um, and I said I had hoped to be one of your competitors and you actually wished I would have, too. You said you could use a little competition. Yeah. Well, the the truth is, I will tell you the story, and I have I don't know that I've told a lot of people this. Uh, it's it's something I'm reasonably proud of. Even though I had NASTC National Association of Small Trucking Companies on that legal pad, uh, I was using the term very loosely, and the only reason I sold I. I uh, organized NASTIC as an association rather than a co-op or a buying group is because I had a six-month non-compete with ComData and I couldn't talk about anything else. <laughs> so I, 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 I sold memberships in NASTIC uh, right out of the gate and uh, we're, we're, we're a for-profit association. We're not a 501C. Good. I mean, Good. we don't have yeah. a Board of direct, I can have a board. I can have a, a, a board of directors meeting in a phone booth. And, uh, and, <laughs> hey, hey, and, hey, and hey, got, hey, David. I hate to break the news to you. There are no phone booths left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but when I started nasty, there were. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, hey, hey. I could, I, we, can, can we take more calls? Because they're piling up on us. Sure. You, you seem to Absolutely. be a popular guy today. So let's go to New Jersey. Danny, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Kevin. I'm, I apologize for being so late to call. I mean, I'm not a caller, but I'm a much better listener. But I, I have a, a question. I'm leased to an organization in New Jersey that happens to be a nonprofit. But they, I purchased, there's 120 owner operators along with company trucks. Hold on a second. I don't mean to interrupt right here, but did you say this company's a nonprofit? I'm pretty sure they are the largest family owned uh, nonprofit in the country. I'm pretty sure. Wait, wait, but they're organized as a trucking company? Well, it, it's a it's a food organization. I want to try oh, to. Oh, okay. Service, okay. No, that's okay. Yeah, I, it's Kev, just I'm, that, I'm, 
That caught yeah, I, me by surprise. Now yeah. I can understand maybe what's going on. So go ahead with your story. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the largest employer in the state of New Jersey. Okay. As of, yeah. Uh, Got it. Probably 2000. Right. But anyway, uh, they purchase fuel. We buy fuel from them. There's uh, four separate terminals uh, in Jersey and two in Pennsylvania. And um, I, my last settlement was on the 25th of February. And their fuel price was $4.16 a gallon. We are charged $2.40 a gallon up until August of this year. Then our fuel costs will go up 4%. But, you know, Kev, I called before, and I, I try to look at the big picture. If, if it becomes very, very difficult for their fuel, I mean, for them to purchase fuel, it's going to trickle down to us, you know, eventually, if that makes any sense. But what my question is for Dave, is it possible or is that considered a large trucking company or is that still on the, on the order of being um, because it, it's split up between the food industry and the trucking side. Right. You know, but, but it's connected. If, if yeah. You know I mean. Well, and, and great Great example, and the, they we're, we're comparing a couple of different things. Number one, uh, that organization is buying terminal fuel, and and they're getting that. You can buy terminal fuel, local fuel, cheaper than you can over the road fuel. So okay. that's that's one consideration. Uh, okay. the, the the other consideration is yes, that would. We consider that a large trucking company. Uh, the uh, the government considers anybody with 99 power units or less as a small trucking company. I see. That's the definition of a small trucking company by the government. Uh, we we think that we think that a guy with less than 10 trucks, we call a non-fleet organization, as small. Uh, and we think, uh, a guy with 20 or more as medium and anybody, uh, from 30 to 50 is large to extra large. Uh, there's, there's a lot of our programs, uh, obviously it's almost like buying terminal fuel versus over the road fuel. Almost all the things that a company does, they can do it cheaper if they do it at home. Uh, and, uh, that's the case in trucking more than anything else. Our, our, our sweet spot on size is really 30 and below, but we do, uh, we have, I'd say we probably have 150, 200 members that have over a hundred trucks. Uh, and they may have had 40 when they joined us and grew like that company I cited earlier that started with 45 and now have 840. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, but we do other things that we haven't talked about. We do about 20 things. We are one of the most successful drug and alcohol, uh, programs in America for small companies. And we do drug and alcohol testing administration for about 5,000 companies. Wow, and uh, we do it better. We do it better, faster, cheaper, and more in compliance than anybody else. Wow, wow. and and we and we never never changed our price for a drug screen. We started it's thirty five dollars, 
I can I can get urine anywhere in the continental United States on Tuesday and tell you whether you can put the driver in his truck on Wednesday, 99% of the time. Wow, that, that, that's very impressive. Kev, could, could I uh, make another statement? Sure. sure. We, we, we'll charge you yeah, double. Um, <laughs> can I tell you, I tried to promote the store my last call, and I, I don't know if I've done that well, but I would like to do that you know, in, in addition to what I want to say, because see, I, I was exposed to Dave, you, I, on, da, on uh, Dave Nemo show. I, I mean, Mondays were a very informative day, especially, especially when Rick would come to the air. Yeah. And, uh, but what I'm getting at is everyone who's listening right now should be supporting the store that Kevin Rutherford has because I'm still here waiting for workman's comp to to give me an avenue to get a hip replaced since the 25th of February. And what I'm saying is if you don't have your health in this industry, not only this industry, but if you don't have your health, you're in another boat that you may not understand. Once you get in it, you have no control. Yeah. But just, just to dovetail. You, we were talking about the dollar, the petrodollar you were just a minute ago, and that's really what made me push the button to call. I mentioned uh, the Solari report, and that's the solarireport.com, and, and I mentioned Catherine Austin Fitz. She um, was in, in uh, anyway, she wound up in the, as assistant secretary to HUD in the 90s, and she made a catastrophic uh observation i'm gonna say but she has this website that talks about how to invest locally and using the dollar because of cbdc's which is central bank digital currency which with the whole banking crisis you know we're in very volatile times right now and she also comes on youtube under uh financial rebellion which is sponsored by uh, CHD. CHD uh, stands, came out of Europe. It stands for Children's Health Defender, and that's Bobby Kennedy Jr. And is what I'm trying to say, if, if I, I believe in my heart that we need to use cash as often as we can in order to keep cash, and that's her teachings. But they go much deeper. If you bring up the Solari report, I mean, it's a subscription website, but the information on the front page is just catastrophic. And Dr. Uh, Mercola already has a relationship with them. And Kev, I'm very much a simpleton, but I know you're busy with a lot of stuff, but I see partnership, especially because of, you know, David being on the air right now. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in divine intervention, and I think we're at a uh, at a point right now where we haven't lost control totally yet. You know, yeah. because yeah. what you just said a little bit a little bit ago about owner operators being under attack, I think that's pretty much I I, I could see it. You know, yeah, we're, even like when Bruce came back, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say we, we are trying to fight those kind of things on uh, on every front that we can. Um, hey, uh, hold on a second. Dan, I'm going to have to drop you. We're trying to get um, uh, Jamie and our other guest here. We're going to bring him in here in just a second. And um, David, the calls just keep coming in and they want to talk to you. So um, I'm going to try <laughs> to squeeze in as many as I can while we've got you. 
Um, Dylan, in Utah, go ahead. Yeah, I also work for a non-profit company. We have some pack car motors, and we ain't making any profit off them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my question is, can you buy bulk fuel uh, if you're a member of NAFTA? If we have 23 trucks, 90% of ours is in a bulk tank at our yard. Is there a program with that? And no, we've uh, we've never tried to uh, get into that business because our our we our sweet spot uh, is full truckload, long haul, family owned, rural based uh, fam trucking companies all over the country. Guys that typically run long, and uh, the bulk the bulk fuel industry and terminal fuel and off off interstate fuel, all of that is outside our, our out, we'd be outside our lane uh, pretty badly there. And uh, quite frankly, I don't think that we could help anybody very much. All we could do is confuse. Really, our best customer is not even somebody like that previous caller who is fueling in four or five terminal sites. We're not going to help him any either. We help people that need a broad network, a, co a footprint that's all over the United States, uh, that need the network and uh, be able to buy fuel darn near any on inter any interstate in the country uh, at a discounted price. So that's what that's what we focus on. And no, I don't think we'll ever be involved in bulk fuel. Well, that's a that's an answer. I thought maybe you were that way now. If you join NASTIC and you have two trucks, we have, you know, we have three trucks that work in a different city, so they don't come to the home terminal and buy fuel. Uh, would that be worth still joining, even though you're, we're a 23-truck operation, but we have a couple trucks that don't buy from the home terminal or get in the home we terminal? Have, we have a lot of companies that do it, exactly what you're talking about. And, yes, they do benefit from NASTIC, uh, NASTIC's programs. Uh, the, uh, obviously it won't be quite as dynamic if we, if you were fueling all 23 trucks over the road, but if you're, if you're buying truck stop fuel for two or three trucks, uh, we'll save you a lot of money on that particular deal. Uh, unless, unless they're, uh, in a, in a lane where we don't have stops, but that's almost impossible. There's very few big dead spots in our that's one reason why we we help long haul guys so much hell they uh, they carry 300 gallons and they only fuel once a day so they they've got some uh, uh, a lot of discretionary uh judgment as where when and how to buy the fuel so um yes we would help you quite a bit and we've got a lot of members that do that and what we do what we would do with you is try to get into your business a little bit and maybe provide you with something in the safety area or provide you with start doing your drug and alcohol testing or maybe even help you with the insurance or uh, there are other things that we do uh software uh there are a lot of other things that we do besides fuel it's just that fuel because it's kevin's fault damn it that uh everybody you know uh, everybody found out about a fuel program. You know, I say this all the time, Kevin, and, and I and I really do mean it. 
I, and I think you would probably agree with this. I don't want everybody to be a NASTIC member. Exactly. Oh, I really agree uh, with and, that. And, yeah. And you don't. You don't. You don't. Everyone. I want everyone to be in, in your tribe. No way. If if everyone <laughs> if everybody out there joined NASTIC, I wouldn't have a fuel program, would I? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have anything to bring the truck stops. Does that help, Dylan? Well, we're we're really. We're interested, and uh, we'll sit down and, and look at that. And uh, where are you located, sir? We are in Utah. In, oh, okay. South of Salt Lake, but we also have a truck in north of there. We have a truck in Vegas. We have a truck uh, southern Utah that don't get back to our home terminal. And then we have a couple over the roads, and that we do buy a little fuel on the road. And well, I know all the fuel. There's TAs I know for sure that are close to all those places well we 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 get the best pricing on the interstate i think all things considered at ta petros we get a we're their largest customer and i think we are able to deliver of uh, uh, the the best price uh back to uh of our members through ta petro and we do that because we focus the fuel in their stuff you know, we got 1,100 truck stops, but uh, about 70% of our fuel uh, of that uh, is for purchased in the TA Petro network. So we're they're big fans of ours, and uh, now we got to uh, uh, educate, I think, uh, BP a little bit as to how we do it, why we do it, and 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 convince them that you guys are their best customer. One thing TA Petro got a long time ago is that the their customer really was the driver and not the company. Right. And that's, that's still true. Their whole, their whole philosophy is about the driver, just like Dan Baker, who you mentioned, by the way, Dan's been our unofficial chaplain, spokesperson, moral compass for 25 years. I, and, uh, he, that, uh, that little, uh, windshield time that we, we give to all our drivers that are on professional drivers advantage, uh, uh, Dan offers all of those drivers uh, access to his weekly thought gram. Yeah, Dan has been doing it forever. Dan is an amazing guy. He was a keynote speaker for us a couple of years. Um, and, you know, I said earlier that, you know, I owe a lot to Dave Nemo for getting me on the radio. And I, But I said he wasn't the first. The first person that <laughs> got me on the radio was Dan's daughter, Mindy. Okay, and I'm uh, I'm talking with Mindy as we speak, and we're planning on opening all of our podcasts with a, a little clip from Dan Baker. Excellent. So, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people, a lot of our members, will look forward to. And instead of just getting it to the five thousand drivers that are on Professional Drivers Advantage, we'll get it to. 10, 15,000 trucking companies every twice a, twice a month. And he doesn't, it doesn't take Dan Baker very long to uh, win you over either. He can do uh, it in about two or three minutes. He, he is fit. You know, when, when I first started speaking in the industry at a lot of events, I, I don't have many requests as a speaker. You know, I, I don't need a special water. It just put me up on the stage. Let me talk. Uh, as every, if everybody can hear me, I'm fine. Uh, although at one point I did have a request. If I got invited to speak, um, I would just say, can you please not put me after Dan Baker? <laughs> it's, it, I did not want to have to follow that guy. He is so good. Everything is a letdown after that. 
I've got a story. You, I know you know what a charismatic person and speaker Dr. Ben Carson is. Yes, yeah. Well, the first time we had Dr. Carson, and he and Candy came to our conference, and he followed Dan Baker, and he told me the same thing. <laughs> he said, I may come back, but don't ever put me behind that guy. You know the, <laughs> they, the, thought Dan Baker, they thought Dan Baker was the funniest thing they'd ever heard. They absolutely He's, he's ate him up. Yeah. You know, the for a speaker, one of the worst spots is the first after lunch. Everybody's in a food coma. <laughs> nobody's paying attention. And I would say, look, you can put me right after lunch. Just don't put me after Dan Baker. Well, and in my new entrance survival training, and tomorrow we're doing that. We'll, I think we've got about 25 companies coming tomorrow. Uh, I play a, a clip from one of Dan Baker's breakout sessions. He lets me do that. And he, I think I'm the only person that he allows to do that because he always made his money in, in person. Yeah. And uh, But I've been playing that same clip uh, for 13, 14 years now, since 2009. Wow. And it never gets old. And I do it after lunch on purpose That's to wake right. everybody out, everybody up. So there you go. Uh, hey, hey, man, and a, what a great treasure he is. Hey, David, I just realized we've blown through two hours. We're going to have to do this a lot more often. We're, we're just going to have to get you in here because there, there's way too much. I have notes here we're never going to get to. What I want to do right now, I want to introduce you to a very um, successful small fleet owner. Um, Jamie Hagan has joined us. Jamie, you're on with cool. David. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jamie. Uh, nice to meet you over the phone. Uh, Kevin says yeah. really, really good things about you. He's using the term successful loosely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, successful in trucking is a category of one sometimes. Yeah, you, know? you ain't kidding. Right, right. Yeah. So, Jamie, where are you today? Yeah. You out working oh, somewhere? Well, you uh, you caught me just coming into Chicago here, so I'm uh, going to be. Hey, keep your head on a swivel. But <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of uh, traveling slow. That's right. Traffic. Everyone goes around that's you, and you just it. get the putz along. Hey, David. One of the, one of the themes around here is is we do a lot of really slow driving. We're we're in no hurry. Um, you know, these guys manage their time really well. They don't have to run 70 miles an hour to get everywhere, and they're, they're saving an awful lot of money and fuel. Well, we're uh, one, of our, one of the quotes that I use all the time I got from one of our – the guy had over 5 million accident-free miles, if you can imagine that. Wow. Uh, and I, I said, how in the world were you able to do this? And it was one of the, I tell every new entrance survival class, he said very simply, he thought a second, and he said, well, I left on time and I drove the speed limit. And it was one of the most brilliant comments I've ever heard. <laughs> and I tell everybody, I would put that in my training manual and put that in my company policy. And I left on time and drove the speed limit. Uh, that leaving on time part is, is everything. It, yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I've always kind of lived by the fact that 10 minutes early is on time and on time is late. Well, that's what they told me at boot camp. If you're, if you're on time, you're 15 minutes late. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, one of the other things, and, and 
there's so many things that you and I are going to be able to connect on. I know you you work a lot with brokers. We have been promoting the idea forever of stop treating these guys like the enemy. They, if you're an owner operator and you're calling a broker, that is your customer. Start treating them that way and the whole game will change. We even started a program and we worked with the TIA and truck stop on it for a while called Broker Connect. And the whole point was to get owner operators and brokers talking about things other than freight negotiations. Let's just get them talking. Let's just get them to know each other and understand each other's business. Um, when I got canceled, um, Truck Stop was a part of that. They're, they're coming back and talking to me again now, and I've got mixed feelings about whether I'm going to work with them or not. Uh, but what I'm not going to do, I, I'm not going to let them be a big part of this program. But and I want to bring this back. So um, we'll talk about that. And I've, I've got a call on right now that wants to talk about brokers. And I know Jamie plays this game really well. And um, I just think there's a lot we could all be doing together around that. But let's go ahead and uh, bring Rusty in in Texas. Rusty, welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm, I've been an owner operator for 23 years, pretty much with the same company. Or, or at least doing the same thing. They got bought out. But anyway, um, the time has come this year that I'm probably going to be forced to do something else. And I feel like I've got the experience just to kind of uh, go my own way. But brokers, um, how do I find brokers just to start having conversations with? Is there a, a website? Is there a um, an association that I would go to? David may have some answers for you. My answer has always been the the best way to find a lot of brokers and be able to see what kind of freight they're moving, because that's important too. There's a lot of brokers mm -hmm. out there and a bunch that you just don't need to contact if they don't have your freight, your lanes. So one of the best places to do this kind of research is, is the load boards. And if you signed up for as many of them as you can find for a month or two, and most of them will let you do that, you'd have tons and tons of contacts to go make. And, and I'm sure David may have something to add to that. Well, um, you know, I told you uh, in our call we got into this. And um, I, when I started with ComData, I was uh, my first job in trucking was I was a field rep for the first truck and load posting program that was company to company, uh, not dollar truck or DAT, which was owner operator to broker in a truck stop. And this was called convoy. So, and I became very, very, uh, I guess, versed in what convoy could do and what it didn't do. And I taught that program, uh, to uh, Buster, my partner now was a telemarketer in the convoy division and I was a field rep. So I know I knew a whole lot about empty miles and brokers and, and, and keeping a truck loaded and moving and stuff like that, and how to use that kind of data uh, on a daily basis profitably. And that's why we sold so much that Buster and I broke every record at ComData was selling this product for a year, and they had to promote me and change my job description uh, to keep me from making more money than the president of the company. So I knew a lot about truck and load posting. So when I was out there in the weeds, 
starting nastic. My business plan, guys, was uh, Buster call him and I'd go see him. I mean, that's the old-fashioned way. There you now, go. If you want if you, if you to meet a lot of brokers, get in the car and go to Wisconsin or go to an area where you're having trouble getting freight and, and get, pass out some business cards and show your business book to the brokers and tell them you want to haul their freight and you'll do a better job of it than anybody else they've ever met. And you'd be surprised what a visit like that will do to elevate you from the C list to the A list. Hey, David, I got a story about this. I, I think you'll appreciate. So when I had my authority and I needed to find freight, I needed to build relationships with brokers. And it, we were in a freight cycle at the time where brokers really didn't need a bunch of owner operators. We were in a down cycle. There wasn't a lot of freight. You know, it wasn't like the last couple of years where they were begging for trucks. It's more like it was now. Um, that's shifting fast. So it, it wasn't like you could call them up and they were just begging you to come work for them. You, you, you kind of had to sell yourself. Um, so I, I and I didn't know anything about sales at the time. And I, I guess I kind of worked out my own techniques. And I've, I've told people about this because it works so well. Not only would I go visit the broker in person, it, go sit down and see somebody face to face. Don't make that initial call or, or you can make it to make an appointment. But you want to build a good relationship, shake hands, look them in the eye. And here was my approach because I didn't know what else to say when I was there. I, when we would sit down and start talking, I would ask them about their worst load, the nightmare load that it, and it's usually from a good customer. He can't turn it down because they're giving you all their good stuff. And, and here's this stinker that everybody hates. Everybody complains about it. Doesn't pay enough. It's got all kinds of problems. I said, I want that load. Give it to me because I'll make it better. That really, really worked well. I bet. But, I mean, you can't do that through an email, and you can't do that right. most times over the phone. Now, and I'm not saying that, uh, and I'm really, I'm, I'm a good salesman. If I have any talent in the world, it, it's because I can, I can really sell. But being a good salesman requires you to be a good listener and uh, requires you to learn what the intelligent questions are going to be and how you move a prospect into something you want to talk about. And uh, getting back to your original question about how do you get this relationship between you and a broker started, I did the same thing. Buster and I, and I don't know how we did it. It was divine intervention, I guarantee you. But we managed from May the 16th in 1989 to December the 31st to sign up 70 charter members of NASTY. And one of the things that I used, and we didn't have a product to sell. We All I had was an idea, and we were selling memberships. And the guy would ask me, uh, what if this doesn't work out, David? Can I get my money back? And I said, no. Not only can you not get your money back, it's already spent with me coming to see you. And you'll probably never see me again. I'll have to call you. I can't afford to come back and see you again. So today's your day. Either, you know, get on board or tell me no, and I'll go talk to somebody else. And I don't know how we did it, but we we sold 70 companies in a little over six, five months, six months. Anyhow, but in every conversation I had, and I've had like 2,000 2,500 face-to-face conversations with small trucking companies over the years. 
maybe more than that. But after every, and back in that day when I didn't have anything to sell, I had this idea about putting brokers and carriers together because I knew so much about convoy. And I would, I would ask the guy pretty early in the conversation, I would say, John, uh, uh, how often do you use brokers? And he's like, brokers, they're eat your young. I don't, you, you think I'm stupid, boy? I don't use brokers. They still rob and cheat. You know, I don't use brokers. I said, okay, okay. What, what about empty miles? What kind of empty miles are you on? Empty miles? You must think I'm stupid, boy. Where'd you come from? Blah, blah, blah. You know. And, and then after he bounced me around the room a little bit, and he, I gained his confidence a little bit, I would come back to that question, but I'd ask it in a different way. I'd say, I'm, and Mr. John, I know you don't use brokers, but what do you do when you're in Wisconsin? You're out of route and you can't get a load. What do you do to get back home? He said, oh, I, I, I call Phil. I said, Phil? Hey, yeah, I've known Phil for 25 years. Never met the guy. We've never shook hands, but he gets me out of Wisconsin all the time. Greatest guy you ever met. I said, is he a broker? He said, yeah, but he's not like those other brokers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, oh. about those empty, and he'd start laughing. And I said, about those empty miles. He said, son, everybody runs empty miles. I know that. you got to run empty miles. Sometimes you need to run empty miles. And I said, well, what do you do when you're stuck in North Carolina? He said, then I call Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's the greatest guy in the world. So whether the guy joined Mastic or not, I, at the end of the conversation, I would say, listen, John, I really appreciate the time you've given me, blah, blah, blah. Would you mind writing down your Phil's and Charlie's, the guys that you really think a lot of that are in the brokerage business? And he'd say, yeah, I'll be happy to. I said, just for kicks and giggles, how many how many brokers do you have in that Rolodex in the middle of your desk? He's about 400. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would get I would get a list of his best contacts, and I did that over and over and over again. And Kevin, I developed the list that was two thousand brokers long. Fantastic! And then I took that list, and I I do I had saw a lot of dupes. There were a lot of people that were using Phil out of Wisconsin. Right. So I narrowed it down to about seven hundred, and then I got my map out and. I took the United States and I said, okay, I need 10 in North Carolina, I need 8, 12 in Georgia, I need 14 in Texas, I need 8 in California and so on. I vetted them, I looked them up and see if they were TIA members, and if they weren't, I didn't call them. And if uh, I vetted them to see how long they'd been in business. And, I, you know, even I think I even checked them out with CompuNet. I did, I did use the gold book and check their credit and that kind of thing. And I whittled it down to about 700 brokers. <laughs> and then I then I got on the phone and I called them all. There you go. And I called I called Phil from uh, up in Wisconsin and I said, "Phil, I'm the president of the National Association of Small Trucking Companies. We have several hundred or several thousand trucking companies." across the continental United States that, that are typically small family-owned businesses, and they have to use brokers. And you know what? I've been asking people about the how to get out of Wisconsin, and you're in Wisconsin, and your name kept coming up yes. as being somebody that was really good, that didn't cut the freight, that treated the drivers well, that treated the companies well. 
and uh, I'd like to offer you the opportunity to be in a directory of a very few Nastic's best brokers and become an affiliate member of Nastic. And Fantastic. I charged him the same thing. I charged, I charged him the same thing. I charged the trucking company, and I filled up. I got about two hundred brokers in that organization. We call them Nastic's best brokers. We print a directory every year, and I think we're down to about 160 now. We don't ever we I, I I can honestly say that I've never had a Nastic member lose a dime from my best brokers. That's so fantastic. But you have that you have that list available still. Is that is that come with your membership, or how do you get a hold of that? Absolutely, it comes with your membership. You get a new one every year. Okay, well, I paid my membership, I think, today, so I excellent, be able excellent, to get that. good. So, hey. yeah, um, yeah, that was specifically more my question. I, I, I don't uh, uh, like. I, I was hoping there would be a membership or a an association for good brokers, kind of there, like there's a nasty, there kind of like there's there, you know, hey, Ru- hey, rusty. There and is. that's what I was interested in. It, it's a, yeah, go it, ahead. It's a bigger organization, but it's very well run. I've worked with them. I've spoken at, at their event many years and um, we did do our broker connect originally with them. It's the TIA it stands for Transportation Intermediaries Association. That's the technical term for a broker. They have lots of events and and you can join. And I recommend owner operators join and go to their events. I I convinced somebody, one of our listeners, he just got his authority and I was speaking at their event. And I said, why don't you just go? And he showed up. I am telling you that single truck owner operator in the middle of a broker convention was the most popular guy around. He was swamped all weekend yeah that's what that's what i'm looking for that's where i'll start and that that he's he's telling you the absolute truth i think that tia now and you'll notice that i said one of the first things i did to vet these guys was to see if they were members in that organization and i wasn't calling them to say get out of the tia and join nastic right i was saying i find i see I see you're a member of the TIA. That way I know darn well you're serious about the way you do business. And then they go one step further. The TIA has a a business program for brokers to teach them best practices. And if they go through the program and complete it, they become a TIA certified broker. And you know that's somebody that went that extra step to be better at what they did. So the TIA identifies them for you. I don't understand. That's a great information. That's where I'm going to start, and I'm going to look at the Nastic. And I, I want to go visit a few people, but I don't want to go visit a hundred people. I want to go visit four or five you, that are you that I can you figure out that have trade in my area. You don't. But I never to. figured out why. Uh, to, to me, as trying to do some stuff on my own, trying to find a little direct freight. To me, I don't. I would rather work for a broker if I need a day off next week. I don't want to lose my freight with a direct, with a direct, okay. uh, uh, an, a direct account. You know, when, when you work with a broker, it seems like that would be the best way. It, it is all the way around. It is. That's why brokers are so important to this industry. We're we're a different industry. Our our supply and demand is more complicated because our supply is in constant motion. And that's part of the reason why we need brokers. Shippers can't do that. And I tell small, really small carriers all the time, 
be very, very careful about shipper direct freight. You might think it's the best thing ever, and, and sometimes it can be, but it can also be a, a trap. And, and you've realized that you don't want that kind of commitment. And I get that. So that's why brokers are yeah. a great fit for you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm signed up with all the Nastics programs uh, starting, I think, yesterday. I'm Excellent. Looking forward to, to going through this process. So thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for the call. And- hey. Thank, and look forward to meeting you. The uh, What I try to tell Kevin people is uh, when you become a NASTIC member, take a day or two and pull out that di- best broker's directory and look overlay it with your lanes and call these guys. Don't look. look at, like the conversation is not about negotiating a, for a load. The conversation is about, I'm a NASTIC member. David Owen thinks a lot of you. He's got you as one of NASTIC's best brokers, and he told me to call you, and you could help me get out of Wisconsin, for God's sake. And the guy will fall all over himself treating you special because he knows if he doesn't, I'll take him out of the deal. There you go. Hey, David, here's another place where you, you have created something that I had the idea. I tried a couple times. We, I was working with the TIA and COVID changed everything, but we were kind of trying to build a, a private network within the TIA. This similar to, to what you've got going on. You know, I'm thinking on the fly and kind of putting you on the spot here a little bit, but I'm thinking it would be a great program to bring back Broker Connect and only use your broker network. Well, uh, I've, as you as you just as you know, I've I've been dreaming, thinking about this in the middle of the night uh, for about thirty five years, and the, I've not brought it out as a. I don't want anybody to think it's a load board. It's not. Right. Right. It's about it's about building that relationship, and I'm not going to try to pay the light bill with a subscription. But I've got a name for it I shared with you, and I've, uh, I'm getting it copyrighted, so I'm not going to mention it over the phone, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's an ac- acronym for uh, Load Opportunities, Data Exchange, Shipper Terms, and Rates. And it, 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 what I would like to do as a starting point is to take all the carriers who are NASTIC members that are less than 10 trucks or non-fleet carriers, owner-operators, and small guys particularly. And the first part of that load opportunities is uh, a data exchange is to, when you join NASTIC, we will, all you got to do is check a box and tell me that you want to be on our best broker's list of carriers, and we'll help you be introduced to them electronically with your proof of insurance and all the stuff you've got to do to get registered with a broker well before you haul a load for that broker and, right. uh, and y'all get to know each other. And that, and, 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 uh, that's, that's the next step in our development of our closed network truck and load posting opportunities. What we want to happen, what we want to happen, unlike a call board is we want that, that individual that's a NASTIC member to develop a relationship directly with that broker and go around us and get, you know, right. a regular stuff, right. 
you know, once the, hey. on Wednesday afternoon, I know my butt truck's going to be backed up here and so-and-so is going to load it. Hey, David, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this to you on our other call. It was that piece of software. Jamie, uh, hey, Jamie, I know you're, you're really nice and you're kind of quiet. You, you got to jump in here because it's, you know, we will just dominate everything. <laughs> so what do you, doesn't this sound like a perfect fit for that software you and I were talking about? The, 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 yeah. Pro, yeah. 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 To read software. No, this doesn't this a, seem like a perfect fit for that? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Would be a great one to all these uh, emails from uh, the contacts that you got on your end. Yeah. Um, David, I, a lot of good sense putting those two together. It it does. I, 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 we mentioned this briefly in the conversation and I reached out to read, uh, actually this morning. And I I think you two need to talk. I think that could be a a big piece of this, but I I think a lot of things could come together around this as much as I hate to do it, David, um, we're going to have to wrap this up. I have actually have another host who normally starts at 10 and I asked him to hold off because things were going so well. Um, one more, thing I want to ask you, because I know you've, you've done a lot of radio time. Don't you love this format with no commercials? Oh, man. It's fabulous. We don't I do mean, commercials. Obviously, obviously, we don't uh, <laughs> we, we don't need to hook up a lot. Uh, but, uh, Jamie, you have been so kind with your time. I apologize. But uh, we got to do this again soon, Kevin. Yeah, we're going to make this a regular thing. We'll we'll figure out your schedule, and and we, we've got to make this a regular thing. There are so many good projects we need to stay in touch and work on. And I think there's there's several like this uh, this idea of of your dream and my dream about a closed a closed not a public yeah. board but a closed yeah. system. We. We named our our uh, Thursday night for 25 years at our annual conference, our annual trust forum, and we invited our best brokers and our carriers in to throw biscuits at each other, and, <laughs> and they did. <laughs> we we had the same experience. We it, and it took me a little longer to get to it, but in the last couple of years of our event, we brought in brokers for a session and put them up in the front of the room, and it was a free for all, and and we didn't have a big enough room i mean we had people spilling out into the hall it was our most popular segment well, sure yeah people had fun with it and we learned a lot and and good relationships got built that was the key exactly that's all that's what i'm trying to do with this like i say uh, i want to i want eventually for smarter guys like jamie to be able to just go around us they don't have to go through us to get to our best brokers they can go directly to the best broker and set up something regular. You know, Kevin, I've heard you talk, the most profitable stuff you can do as a small trucking company is it, develop a lane and do something regular it, back and forth, back and forth. Best loads forth, never make like it to the bucket. boards. They, they just don't. That, that, that's oh. not the stuff that's getting posted on the boards. The, the broker's best loads are moved by his best carriers and nobody else sees them. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I, I want to be able to do the same thing through this program as we did with the fuel program. I want to take the guy that's at the back of the line and move him around to the front of the line. There you go. All right. I do have to wrap this up. Jamie, you and I are on for a Twitter space at noon today, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Perfect. All right. Nice we will to meet do you, that. Jamie. 
Kevin, I've loved doing this. Call me back. We'll do it again. We'll do. We're going to do that real soon. Have a great day. You too. All right. All right, everybody. We are wrapping this up. Rolling Toe will be live here in under 10 minutes. And uh, so you've got an hour or so of Rolling Toe. And then at noon, come on over and join Jamie and I. Jamie's going to talk a lot more on the Twitter space, aren't you, Jamie? God, I'm hoping so. (laughs) (laughs) We're... This is how uh, Henry Albert feels when the I know I know it's uh, it's it's (laughs) ah. and then we just start talking over each other because we all have so much to say and there's not enough time. So, um, yeah, the the Twitter space is fun. Um, Yesterday, unfortunately, we uh, I think we got hacked by the Communist Chinese Party and uh, had to end a little early, but we'll try to fix that today. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up um, rolling toe and then. Twitter spaces. We still have a lot on tap for you today. And then we'll see you back here tomorrow. Let me check real quick. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. No rolling toe. What happened? I didn't know about that. Did I? Was I supposed to know that? Oh, I'm sorry. They had to cancel because I went long. That was my fault. Uh, I got a little jammed up on the show today. I was just excited about getting so many things out there. So uh, I apologize for that. Um, it sounded like he had a lot to say, too, though. I know. Um, and like I said, it, it, David and I could do this for a week straight, I swear. We have so many of the same ideas, the same projects, the same things we've wanted to accomplish that uh, just in the beginning, it's just a little hectic right now. I did now. not realize that they had that much to offer. I, I don't think many uh, people do, right? my own authority, I called because you had mentioned their fuel card. They started talking about fees and having to travel there and everything else. And I'm like, eh, you know, or that, I'll just get this card over here. That that so, turns uh, a lot of people they off. Had that much I, to offer. I know. And I've, I've tried yeah. to tell people their education. I know that program, they kind of force you to go through if you have less than five trucks. That That's a it's a hindrance for a lot of people. But uh, I, I'm glad they do it that way. The people that have gone through it have learned a lot and. I'm glad that they kind of have that standard that they want their members to be educated. And and here's the other thing. During that time, you're getting real good education about how the industry works and all kinds of things. But you're also learning about all of those other tools that they have. I mean, we could spend a week on all of those Mm -hmm. things. Yeah, it sounds like it's worth for a guy to, to go down there, really. It really is. And, and you know, what they're doing with brokers, uh, I, I love that. It's something I've tried to do. And, and, you know, we could tie into their fuel card with our app and really create some powerful stuff. So, uh, you know, David, yeah, would be. David reached out to me. Um, like I said, we've talked on and off. I knew he was on, you know, still on Sirius on a pretty regular basis. So um, David reached out to me a week or so ago and we played phone tag and, uh, once we got on the phone and and really got focused on what we could be doing, it it just it just never ends. I mean, there there's so much uh, just really really good projects that we're in a good position to put together between the two companies, and uh, I think it's going to benefit our tribe a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be great integration. Um, yeah, when you think about it, just the the mention of Reed's platform and then fuel gauges, profit gauges, all these things that uh, it's going to make people uh, uh, well more balanced, you know. Yes. Yeah. And and this is the kind of education we've really been missing in the industry. I mean, we tried to do it with the CMC and our program and David's been doing it with his programs. And and yet it's still 
not really well known in the industry at all that this even exists. Yeah, when I started, it was uh, pen and paper. Yeah, you know, there my you dad go. did everything on a, a notepad. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's exactly. how I learned, you know, to, how to operate a trucking company, a notepad that you just kind of carried around with you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then along comes all these uh, computer programs and just different things. You know, it, it really does uh, help to uh, grow your business, too. You know, I would never be able to do this all on paper. And, Correct. And, right. Uh, you, you, function at, on a high level, I guess I should say. You, you wouldn't have grown the way you have. There's just no way. If you didn't take advantage of all the tools that help you do that, and, and that's what's missing from a lot of people. You know, they've got that one truck, they're struggling with mm-hmm. it, they can't seem to get, you know, things under control in the way they want them. And when they do, use these tools. If you do the numbers, if you build the relationships, you get that one truck really profitable, well, then it's just repeat. Just do it again. But if, if you don't ever get that one truck under control and and you're not using these tools then you're just going to struggle with that one truck for a long time and the hardest part is is that next step though i will it is. i will admit that foolishly it's, well <laughs> you it, know that, i had one that, down really well and i'm like oh well it's two is twice the money yeah <laughs> well right there but it's not It's not, and it's not easy, but if you don't get that first truck down and try to buy the second, you'll crash and burn. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If if you're not making it with one, two is not going to help. No. It's going to bury you faster. Uh, That's exactly right. Yeah. And and look, I made that mistake. I know. I went from one truck to 11 in about 18 months. What a horrible mistake that was. That's ambitious. Luckily, I survived it. You know, so I went from (laughs) one to 11 in under two years, and I went from 11 to two in about two weeks. Because it was either that or go bankrupt and go out of business. I had to liquidate everything and get back in the truck and drive myself and, and save it. And I, that experience taught me more than anything else I've done. Yeah. Yeah, it's some things you learn the hard way. And most and, things uh, for me I have to learn the hard way. Is a, a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah I, but that's, you know, like I said, going backwards is always a good thing. It, it can be. It, it was it was a really good thing for me. And and going backwards ended up shifting my whole business model. I didn't go back to building a fleet. I learned so much in the process. I got excited about teaching those things to other people. And that led me down this path. So, all right, Jamie, we're going to wrap this up. Um, you and I are going to be live on Twitter in uh, about an hour and 20 minutes, noon here on the West Coast. So uh, we'll see you then. Sounds good. Fantastic. All right. Thanks. We're, we're going to get you back. You're going to become a, a, you know, more of a regular on this show too. And we will, we'll pull stuff out of you if we have to. Oh, it'll come free. It will. You, you've got a lot of good information to share. We want to yeah. get that out there. So between here and Twitter, um, we're not even sure what this whole Twitter thing is yet. So we, you know, we've talked about it. We've thrown it around. It, it's really just, uh, it's just kind of up in the air right now. We'll see how it goes, but um the Twitter spaces are, are already kind of fun for me. And if we can get more and more people to jump in and become that, part of the conversation, then it'll really be good. When you're part of a Twitter space, does that mean we're spacemen? I think so. I like that. <laughs> we're going to have to work on that. Yeah. Maybe we need, um, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get Reed to make a hat or something. He's into hats. <laughs> Please advise. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Sorry about rolling toe. That was my fault. Um, we'll get better at this. I, I'm not 
good at scheduling. I should have turned all of this over to the team, but I thought I'd handle it myself and we see how that worked out. So um, next time I'll give it all to them. I was hoping to go on to the, to the big toe and then I was going to have some tire I know. issues I was going to talk about. I know. <laughs> all right. So we'll, we'll get better at that. Maybe a I, I got overexcited about a few things and we'll, uh, we'll fix it. All right. We are going to wrap this up. We'll see you at noon. Come on over and join us. That's the other thing about a Twitter space. The more people we have, the better it gets. So join us. Um, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Oh, that's what I was looking for when I found out Rolling Toe canceled. I uh, wanted to see if we know who's going to be on tomorrow. I thought I saw it earlier. Um, oh, wait a minute. I've got some announcements. Oh, we still have the free bag of regenerative organic almonds. These things are amazing. Buy $60 or more of nuts and you're going to get a nuts or nut butter. You'll get a free bag. Surprised we're not out of them. I saw a ton of those coming through yesterday. Uh, and I don't see the announcement for who's on tomorrow. Oh, Joel's confirmed. If you have time, you should jump in and join us tomorrow. Sure. You fit really well on that day too. You fit good on a lot of days, but um, yeah, jump in and join us tomorrow. Just call at the beginning of the show if you've got time. And we'll, sure. we'll, yeah, we'll do that too. All right. Sounds great. All right. We'll talk in a little bit. Be safe. Thank you, sir. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.